Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast Remake, an all-new take on your favorite FFTCG podcast, brought to you by Ultimate Guard. <laughs> oh, all right, Chris. Well, you know, speaking of shoulda's, whatas, and couldas. Uh, all right. <laughs> Never in all my years. Never, Chris. In all my years, we got the bam, tick, bam, tick, bam, the perfect jam. And I hope you're recording now, John, because uh, yeah, we're good. We are now back for the next episode of the RVA Returners Podcast Remake. John, how the hell are you today, Chris? Uh, it's Sunday morning. I've got my cuppa. Oh, uh, the old cuppa. I'm doing great. I like dude. it. We just, had, we just had a 30 minute discussion about how much we love Super Mario 3D World because that's uh, that's what I've been playing. That's what I've been loving uh, on. Um, it's literally been my weekend. It's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been a good time. And also uh, Triangle Strategy that was really cool. At the jam dude, at. yeah, dude. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Um, I love how that game is. I I don't love how it's not. Just a fucking Final Fantasy Tactics game. You you Just said it best, Final John. Fantasy Tactics, yeah. We're in this weird fucking dimension where there's these other games that are Final Fantasy games that are not called Final Fantasy games, and I don't even know what the fuck Final Fantasy is these days. Yeah, I, I think I said, like, the Final Fantasy games aren't called Final Fantasy, and the Final Fantasy game series is unrecognizable. Yes, that's 100% <laughs> accurate. Um, it's like, yeah, really no. default is Final Fantasy. Yes. Octopath is Final Fantasy. Final and Fantasy this, 15, six, or 16 is going to be The Witcher, dude. Yeah, and this Project Triangle is clearly Final Fantasy Tactics. It was a really fun demo. Um, I was like, wow, man, I sure would like to be Ramza or who the fuck ever from Ivalice as opposed to this guy. That's, that's literally how I thought. I, 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 I Old didn't even Dinko. Talk about their names. I'm like, yeah, this <laughs> I don't guy don't know what fuck. his name Dinko, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yanka Dingo. <laughs> Yanka Dingo. Whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> but... No, dude, it was a lot of fun. Um, but, John, we're going to have a lot of fun today. And, of course, like we said, I'm your host, Chris Adams. And with me, as always, on the case, which I've kind of, you know, mixed that around. But uh, got his badge, his gun, as always. Yeah, pew, pew. Pew, pew. John, you don't even need to say hi to everybody. They fucking know you're here. They know well, you are on the scene. Oh your my squad goodness. car you know, pulls up. I still, I still greet the people, Chris. You know, we're not, we're not above a, a hearty hello. I love a good hearty hello. That's right. The old hearty hello. But, yeah. So, John, we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, you know, clearly a bunch of spoilers have been released uh, as far as Final Fantasy trading card game goes, because, you know, we are still kind of pivoting away while there isn't a lot to talk about regarding that. But there actually is a, a lot more news uh, this week than there has been before. We got, you know, the, the Shadowbringers uh, two-player deck was released. A lot of really cool spoilers out of that and some neat little uh, surprises in there. Um you know, we're starting to see some resolution, and we never, we didn't talk about this uh, last cast. I, I'm kind of bummed that we didn't. I feel bad for forgetting, but the whole, I think we mentioned it in passing on the Sad Boy cast, which is what we're referring that to is now uh, from now on. Yeah, the Clan Gully yeah. promos that were just that whole fucking debacle. Mm. It's um, some good news on that front, dude. Yeah, absolutely, and we definitely want to cover that. And then we're going to talk about, you know, on our main topic, John, we're going to talk about, and we again, this is something we touched on last week, fucking dead card games, and how it's just been fucking boomtown right yeah, now. Yeah, man, it's uh, hard to even, like, describe exactly what happened. 
like dead card <laughs> games are doing better or as good, if not better than like actual live supported card games right now, which is yeah. cool and frustrating in a sense, right? But that's uh, the, yeah, that's definitely the main topic. Uh, is exactly that <laughs> is is yeah. is that cool and frustrating yin yang that we will yes. be diving into, dude? The 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 two <laughs> sides of the black and white cookie that is our podcast. Absolutely. But first things first, John, we're going to hop on the back of Oyanka Dingo here and we're going to slide into what we always slide into on this cast. Come hell or high water, rain or shine. We're like the post office, but not for letters and, you know, and different various uh, junk mails and credit card applications that are coming in. John. <laughs> the bouquet of junk so, mails and credit card yeah. applications. Yes, you know what that entails, John, but we're going <laughs> Right into the news. All right, so John, to get us started, let's go ahead and dive into what we always dive into first, man. Let's go ahead and uh, hit the podium. Do you have your, do you have your paperwork? Do you have your uh, do you have your talking points here? Because um, I need you to go ahead and give the people. Let me just shuffle loud louder for you. <laughs> oh man, shuffle them up, John, because it is time for the Octagon State of the Union. All right, Chris. Well, with the Octagon State of the Union, uh, we have got actually some great news points. Yeah, some, absolutely. Some highlights this week. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, this is a little bit regular news, a little bit Octagon news. Shadowbringers dual decks have come out as of the recording mm-hmm. of this cast. It came out two days ago on Friday, the 19th. Uh, mm-hmm. And so Opus 12.5 is here, Chris. And these guys, while this is a Final Fantasy 14 starter deck, uh, they go far beyond the Scion's tribal deck. Uh, we're going to be talking yes, about do. these spoilers today, but in fact, most of them don't even play in that sandbox at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to bring, I think, a very interesting new um, new set of things. I think they're all solid, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot to talk about there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, with the wonderful, speedy volunteers we have in this community, I mean, uh, FFDEX is getting every spoiler up on FFDEX like as soon as it's spoiled, yeah, right? That's so so cool. you've been able to build these Shadowbringers decks um, <clears throat> for about a week or so already on FF decks. Mm-hmm. And now Octagon is already updated. I mean, these cards came out and they were updated on Friday, I'm pretty sure, Chris. Like, I want to mm-hmm. say Friday is when I made the post in the Discord. Uh, so it was like when they were legal, uh, as soon as you could have the cards in your hand, they were legal on Octagon, dude. So again, uh, Wayne, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you so much. I may have to join you in the booth on Wednesday, John, just to just to see how many really Scion gamers we see or big yeah. Phil gamers we see. But we'll we'll talk about that. We're giving we out right. a a two player Shadowbringers deck too for the winner oh, on nice. Wednesday. So that's kind of going to be the theme. I think that we're really just going to be pushing uh, that. Absolutely, seeing some new stuff there. Um, and <clears> so that's just you know we'll be doing that on the weekly, like I just said. Um, we already secured prize support for our Winnebox. We will be holding and announcing uh, closer to the Opus 13 release weekend when we find out when that will be. Um, and the other big thing is that, uh, you know, I was poking around Discord as I do. And in the uh, the Octagon Discord... Investigating, some That's would right, say? dude. Yeah, and in the Octagon Discord, um, you know, it looks like... It looks like we're being, you know, like... like uh, Square Enix is reaching out to Octagon about uh, potentially collaborating. So it looks like we might be able to, I mean, you know, I don't want to say anything, nothing is like final or anything like that, but you know, what I see here, what I'm reading here in this, uh, this discord, 
which is a public is uh is interesting dude i think there might be some support coming our way uh so that would mm -hmm. be very cool that uh you know we would be able to actually have like events uh and and get some kind of recognition and support and, and you know not be operating in the shadows as it were no absolutely and that kind of and I'm glad you said that because that's going to tie into a question I have for us to discuss at the at the back end of this cast. So. Uh, of course, of course. Uh, but that's about it for the Octagon State of the Union, Chris. I would say the state is good. We're booming. Things are going very well. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited, especially with that second thing. If that happens soon, um, I'm no, very excited for for people to join us. Oh, and I guess the other thing I will say quick: uh, this is going to mm -hmm. kind of go into the news, kind of end the Octagon State of the Union. But mm -hmm. um, FF Dex did a demo stream the other day sure of did. their multiplayer function. So this might just be the uh, the FFTCG Online State of the Union soon, sir. As, um, right. as that program looked really, really good, I imagine that it they did. would also, if Square Enix was willing to work with people for digital platforms, I imagine that it, it would maybe be uh, even easier for them than, than setting up the Octagon mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and I know that, uh, they reached out and I spoke to mm -hmm. them directly about like everything I wanted to see if I was running tournaments mm -hmm. on the platform and, you know, they're being very open to feedback. So, uh, that's some huge news. I think that's very cool. I'm very excited to see what comes and out dude, of that FFDEX program. If that's, if it's playable on mobile and available like mobile, it's, it's going to change everything. Yeah, it's dude, going absolutely. to, it's going to be insane. Like I, I could play it if I could play it, if I could jam a quick couple turns yeah. on the shitter you know what like, i mean you can untap on mobile but nothing about the way that it works like untap just doesn't feel very good on mobile it's already <clears> like barely there on pc exactly know? exactly so we'll see man that's really exciting stuff and i um yeah i can't wait to see how how a lot of this kind of changes how we're existing in this pretty much kind of indeterminate amount of digital space that we're going to be in uh, and it, it may change things that... moving forward when we can get back into, you know, playing in person. There may be, you know, online supplemental tournaments now. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I mean, think, uh, you know, we started the Returners Hideout before we had to play from quarantine. That's why we yeah. were able to go into this so seamlessly. I mean, we were doing this for for a long time just to create yeah. a, almost, another almost place a year, for people to play. Probably, right? Yeah. Um, so it's just like, you know, I think that. 2021 will just be more active in general, especially if this stuff happens. Um, yes, and, there's and like I say, can't provide we all stuff you want, to play for. This is all you, by the way. Well, sure, sure, but I mean, you know, um, things, you know, the support that the team, like that, we get is because of a lot of things, because of all the effort that you know we put in on things like this too. Mm -hmm. You know, people wouldn't be as as willing to support, and their support That's is true. directly what gives me the ability to even be like. Hey, I'm going to give out two boxes for this tournament, man. You know, it's mm. not me paying 200 something dollars to get two boxes for sure. You know, so it's like uh, I think that all of the work we do is just laying the the seeds for growing. You know, this, this better community and this um, this online presence we have certainly couldn't be done by myself. You know, alone. Even though you know, I'll take I'll take credit, sir. <laughs> for, oh yeah, you'll take it. Take, these, I, I, for working absolutely. these tournaments every week, but yeah, I mean, it's not um, you know, it's not the Snugsy online tournament. You know, it's mm. a, it takes a takes a team. Mm, a nice slice of humble pie for breakfast. John always <laughs> loves it. But um, but no. Speaking of the online space, that can kind of lead us into the next piece of news. Um, 
I'm very, you know, I haven't really been on Facebook or really been interacting with social media all that much. So I know of this League of Light that's coming up, but I don't, uh, and I know a lot of people are involved. I don't know anything else beyond that. Yes, sir. Um, so, John, go ahead and talk to this. Is like seems like the next uh, the next evolution or the next uh, component of this online environment that we're the, the, the community is embracing. Absolutely. So, um, the Octagon events that we run are mm -hmm. very much designed to reflect like a Friday Night Magic, like your locals, right? Yep. You show up, you get paired, you play it all at once, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's done. That doesn't work out for some people's schedules, right? You have mm -hmm. to be available at Wednesday at 7 p.m., right? So mm -hmm. there's certainly, um, there's an opportunity for those other types of online leagues. And mm -hmm. what's happened here is uh, Mr. Matt Rice, bless his soul, has found this opportunity and has put the uh, gears in motion with the community, much like we did for our uh, our kind of Crystal Cup attempt last year. Mm -hmm. um, this is kind of like the, the focus for the goodwill of all the community to be applied through. And he has created this, uh, this online tournament. It's really, really neat. It's going to be league style. So you're going to be scheduling your matches. It's going to be over time. But he's split people into these like pods based on uh, he let you choose whether you wanted to play more casually or more competitively, kind mm -hmm. of putting people in pods based on the platform they prefer to use and their mm -hmm. time zones. So he's trying to make it, you know, make as much sense as possible. Uh, sure. A lot of the things I don't like about these styles of tournaments, which is why we even created our online tournament structure to begin with. Uh, he's going far out of his way to mitigate. You know, he was reaching out to a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. he, you know, we, we were talking about like, oh, what don't you like about these tournaments? What do you like about these formats? Um, and yeah, I mean, like, like just looking at the staff list here of like people who are who are helping make this happen. It's like I'm in here. You know, uh, you got Yo, you've got Ryan Chen, you've got Alex uh, Hancock's. You know, of course, we've got just all these different Esifer, Yo, mm -hmm. all these people are coming in here. Okamoto. To just make sure that like we help make this work and, and staff this, but Matt Rice obviously is putting in like a brunt of the work here and and really deserves a big shout out and a lot of credit. Uh, this is That's really cool. cool, and he has said that he wants this to basically be um, like a content pool, like just this thing that we can keep tapping for. He wants people to be able to like oh. Uh, we'll just cast a match or we'll talk about what happened the last week in standings and, you know, just like mm -hmm. uh, interviews, deck techs, all this stuff. He just wants there to be some kind of thing that would normally be, you know, it's like a, like a circuit for us mm -hmm. to just kind of uh, discuss and make content out of. And I think that's cool. I really like there being like a, another big event for the community, Chris, because we say this all the time, you know, we're here for our style of thing, but you know, the, it's nice to have a different options, different kinds of tournaments, uh, B, this is uh, opened up to just way more people because it's much more flexible schedule wise. So I think they have like CC numbers of people. It's like 70 people or something like that signed up already. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of prize support being thrown in from the community into this, like a lot. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, this is going to be really, really neat. Um, you know, I think a lot of us are doing everything we can. All of our experience from the last year of uh all these online tournaments and events and things like that and just kind of applying it to try and um create the next best online thing for the players and so absolutely league of I light think... it's called there's a discord that you can join to get all the information registration still open and it's going to kick off when opus 13 kicks off and that's awesome which uh as we said as we kind of touched on a little bit ago that there are some product delays um so that's been pushed back i guess to whatever time frame opus 13 comes out i guess I, I we, we touched, we touched on that on... briefly 
uh, did we talk about delays in the news? Or uh, did we just talk about delays when we were I talking about I think we about talked about that in the between. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think we talked about during <laughs> news prep. But yeah, yeah. so uh, after this uh, this Shadowbringers deck was released, we, there are some uh, delays moving forward on product. John, go ahead and kind of dig in on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I will just say the exact post that we got shared with uh, it was from the official Square Enix page. And it just said that, um, you know, the Square Enix two-player starter deck is here, but that in regards to the boss deck and Opus 13 and uh, Opus 14, they will follow up with additional announcements when they have a better idea of the situation with those shipments in North America, but these shipments are, in fact, delayed. It is not clear by how much, but there will be a follow-up with more information. That's the post. Right. Because we can can talk about, just real quick, that kind of maybe this had something to do with it, but I don't think the Shadowbringers deck, or maybe it did experience that same issue. There was a lot of heat coming from the issue with the Sephiroth tins. Uh, there were a couple a of different of, things. Yeah, yeah. A lot was, of heat on that. Yeah, the uh, Sephiroth tin stuff was um, was very unfortunate, you're, you're, but there was... ordered a, one tin and they got a case. Yeah, you know there was a mean? mistake like with, the, with the shop, the Square Enix online shop, where people who ordered it from there, yeah, who mm-hmm. ordered like one deck, got one case of... De- <laughs> or one tin, sorry, got one case of tins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's some people didn't get them at all. Get. Yeah, it's definitely made them difficult to get. I, uh, I did not get them at my LGS, and basically my mm-hmm. LGS was told we will not be getting them. So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's been frustrating for players for sure, especially just because of the highly collectible nature of those tins. Like they're mm-hmm. literally like rare promos now, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I- I'm hoping that as uh, maybe these events and stuff, right? So maybe like official support and or just more support for online events looks like some of the redistribution of the people with all those damn tins, uh, giving them out to more of the people. But yes, the fact that you can't like go to the store, um, that like pre-ordering these didn't even necessarily get you a tin is very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And now again, I haven't really paid much mind because I haven't even purchased one. The uh, the Shadowbringers, um, it. Just from what I look, it looks like quantities were kind of limited on these. It looks like it was like it was like, hey, if you didn't pre-order it, we might have one for you. And uh, I don't know if yeah, that kind of go, coincides with the whole with the whole shipping issue that's going on right now. I don't know. I've, I've seen um, I've seen people saying like, hey, the, we're selling out of these, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, like uh, the light and cards of evil release and stuff. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's just because like they're so popular. I will say that like Final Fantasy fourteen is the most popular thing Final Fantasy yes. has going for it by like a mile by and many don't many they miles over, and don't they advertise the two-player set on final fantasy 14 when you uh, log in yeah right now they are advertising the uh the tcg which mm-hmm. is actually really cool uh we're getting a lot of press off of this this mm-hmm. chris uh we talked about how the final fantasy 7 deck was big for bringing people to the tcg mm-hmm. this will bring twice as many people to the tcg absolutely yeah 14 they will the, sell the money maker. Many of these. like it seems silly to say that like Oh, more popular than seven? It's just like, yeah, I mean, you know what? Seven has uh, that popularity and that nostalgia baked into it from all of us who like played it back then. But like, fourteen has that plus. Well, got fourteen is what people. keeps the lights on. Well, yeah, they've got you know like like so many people invested in fourteen. It just it reaches mm-hmm. a very wide audience these days. Yeah, um, And I think that yeah, this is just going to be an extremely popular product. And and you know not unwarranted. We're going to talk about these cards in a bit, and they're uh, they're very cool. Yeah, they're all very very solid. Also, and then the one product other... in general, very cool. Like like uh, just looking at pictures of what comes in it are uh, oh, pretty crazy. Artwork. We'll talk about beautiful, that in a bit. beautiful artwork. But like surprise um, full arts and stuff too. Like yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then um, so the one last thing, especially where we're talking about Square Enix and distribution and uh, you know almost like collectors products. 
Well, there was the, uh, the, the we've made the joke about this, the, the three year annual annual book. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the annual <laughs> every three years, every year, yeah. like, like one of them was the 2017 edition, but this is the 2018 through 2020 edition. Annual. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, there's nothing annual about three years, but, uh, yeah. one of the biggest issues that people were having, and I don't think I've seen anybody who ordered it that did not have this issue. The, it came with what three copies of Clan Gully. Yeah. It was a promo specific, um, but they were like packaged loose. So everybody has gotten these damaged promos. They're bent in corners. They just they look like somebody like stuck them through a fucking bicycle spoke um, before they delivered them. But on the flip side, what I'm also seeing now is people have since brought the brought that attention to Square Enix. And apparently, Hobby Japan is they're, they're making just a, a fresh batch of promos to send out to everybody. Yeah, uh, Square Enix is getting just a whole new thing manufactured, so everybody gets yeah. three like crisp, absolutely crisp. Yeah, and that's really cool of them. You like to see, especially with the stuff happening with like the Sephiroth mm-hmm. tin and these delays, and you know, let's just say the the little guy doesn't get a win very often in this game, and I think yeah. this is really really cool to see from them. Right, and granted, this isn't going to be an overnight thing. Even the the response even says that hey, this is going to take a while, but just know that they're coming. So could be six months, could be, you know, eight months to a year from now. But I mean, and even if it's that soon, because well, I, I mean, mean, they've got their own other shit going on too, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, here's the thing, Chris. If it's a card that you could even play, you know, maybe some people yeah. won't care. The whole point of the card is commemorative piece of art on like a shelf dude you can't they all came damaged it's like oh you know, yeah absolutely just the way that they're packed into the thing was was kind of weird i mean we went from like nine foil cards in different languages in a very very sorry i think it's eight right packed yeah. very nicely in a like hard case cardboard thing to three non-foil i mean hey full art it's a cool art it's cool art <laughs> but non-foil like unplayable not that the other ones are playable but this is less playable somehow. It's, it's uh, like they were packaged in like a fucking Scry magazine yeah. or something. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, you know, Scry magazine and those things even would have the in like a plastic wrap just jammed in the magazine. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like this was uh, it's like cut into the cardboard. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, I think the only thing that could have been worse is if they had like the little glue dots on the back of the cards and oh had it on like God, the paper. You know, you, you know what I mean? But that's basically what it feels like. It was like that same kind of like. Oh, they just didn't really care about the cards. It doesn't. How did you package like this? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but whatever, you know, they're replacing it, so it's very cool. I'm glad that that was very nice to see. Exactly, exactly. And then just to kind of round out the news here, John, we've got spoilers to talk about. Opus thirteen, a lot of legends to talk about. Um, and a varying degree of like coolness to kind of meh cards, but I mean, I think they're all pretty unique. Let's jump right in, dude. Yeah, let's do it. We're gonna go ahead and start. I've got a good old. I've got the actually FFTCG boards up, so I'm gonna. I'm starting with Materia and Spiritus. Um, we can kind of talk about these in tandem because they're the same card, but they're also not because once again, Light got shafted real fucking hard. But let's go ahead and uh, we'll re- we'll start with Materia, John. Materia is a one CP Light forward. Um, jo- uh, job is Goddess. Uh, one CP two K. Um, it says you can play two or more light characters onto the field. When materia enters the field, you may pay X. When you do so, search for one light forward of cost X and play it onto the field. When a light forward other than materia you control is put from the field into the break zone, draw a card. 
This effect will only trigger once per turn. And before we dive into that, I'm going to kind of read Spiritus because he's a Spiritus is essentially the same thing. He's a one CP two K job is God. The only difference here is when a dark forward enters the uh, when a dark forward other than Spiritus you control is put from the field into the break zone. Choose up to one forward and remove it from the game. This effect will only trigger once per turn. These are the light and dark legends of Opus 13. John, let's talk about them. All right. So like you said, um, they are basically the same, except for what happens when a lighter dark card goes to the break zone. Uh, And then, of course, the context of being light or dark, right? Uh, Traditionally dark, much more support and works Mm -hmm. just like works much better together. Uh, light struggling a little bit, but what I will yeah, say light has a few light, outliers. What I will say for light, and what I will say for this card, uh, mm-hmm. with the starter deck having come out, is that I think the light cards are actually about to start seeing uh, a come up. They're yes. definitely giving you reasons to play them. Um, and the one mm-hmm. thing about materia is materia, uh, also much like a lot of the light cards, is just a better neutral play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like drawing a card off of things like. Like, Citra is just a lot of value, right? But, of course, like, yep. Oracle of Light, like, is doing all kinds... Like, when she goes to the break zone, she's putting a Scion into play, and then also, you like, drawing a card, like, all this stuff. Like, that can get, uh, like, just very efficient and very strong pretty quick. Um, yep. And, of course, that's something you can do. Like, Oracle of Light, going to the break zone to develop a Scion is kind of something you do, um, mm-hmm. you know, on an empty board. You don't mind doing that either. Like, you know, you fan frit your Oracle of Light. I know that we've been talking about that a little bit. You know, you put the Thancred in. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. talk more about Oracle of Light, obviously, later. I just think that I was a little bit lower on material when I first saw it because mm-hmm. removing something from the game just feels so much better than drawing a card. But mm-hmm. I also am addicted to drawing cards. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming... I, I think Materia is certainly also going to have a place. Well, and the big thing... And I'm glad you said that because I, I do kind of like Materia more um, the more I think about her. And one of the things, too, that you know I love Warrior of Light lists, uh, the multicolor ones. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is a great play off of Bart's, comes into play, and then you can grab Lina and bring Lina into play, right? Like, I think, and you're developing, like, this card kind of helps you develop what that deck wants to do anyway. So I think she has a neat little place in that, maybe as, like, a one-of, maybe a two-of, because then Lina could always bring Materia back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's some neat things you can do with that. Um, and Spiritus, now, I will say this on both of these cards. If they said character instead of forward, I think they would be insanely good. Yeah. But Imagine imagine you break a, like a stall. Yeah, and absolutely. You, <laughs> you remove the thing and kill a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be super, super sick. Um, but I think both of these cards are fine. I think them costing one CP is relevant. Oh, the implications, uh, Chris. Yeah, there's are a lot of implications. Are you aware of the implications? Oh, I'm definitely aware of the implications. So I think these cards are neat. I'm actually really excited to see what kind of space they exist. I mean, they're le- we, we like to say this a lot when we kind of question the, the, the power of a legend. We're like, well, they're legends for a reason, right? And we've come a long way since Opus 1 Jet. Yeah, I am. I will say these. Uh, they look like heroes, man. They they kind yeah, of that like art them is... too. I'm. It's a little bit disappointing that these are the legends because it feels like we just uh, basically skipped a set yeah. for a cool legends. Like, not that they won't be usable, but just you know, you mm-hmm. want to see like some like man, like Grace Felgar. You want to see like some art, dude. On these exactly. These elves. Um, 
Especially when well, you see the art on some of these other cards. I mean, speaking well, of Well, right. <laughs> and we'll get to that. But the next card we got here is, uh, it looks like it's the pre-release promo. And I'm not even going to tr try to pronounce this motherfucker's name. Uh, I'm just going to, I mean, I'll Bunnevels? give it one shot, dude. Bunavels? <laughs> I don't know. We call him Bunny, Bunnevels? dude. Bunny. Oh, Bunny. Old Bunny. Call, dude, I, call him Dennis, I call him yeah. Dennis Reynolds. The, he golden the Golden God, God. yeah. Yes, uh, and this, yeah, is a, this boy, is a big this card, boy. This is a chonker, Chris. This is yeah. We've got a, a 10 CP Earth Forward Job God Category 13. Um, the cost required to, to cast Dennis Reynolds is reduced <laughs> by two for each backup of a different element you control. I'm going to repeat that again. The cost required to cast Bunny is reduced. I, I wanted to use both names there. Is there reduced <laughs> by two for each backup of a different element you control. Other than multi-element. Damage three, Bunny gains Brave, and Bunny can attack twice in the same turn. Damage six, when Dennis Reynolds attacks, choose one character and break it. And it's a 10k. So, John, uh, let's talk about this. There was some uh, there was some some confusion with what cards constituted that decrease and what did not. Yes, so uh, they kind of define multi-element for us in the mm -hmm. letter from the producer when they created mm -hmm. the multi-element cards. Um, mm -hmm. And they have told us that when something like Shantoto is on the field, remember she gains the elements, the different elements, uh, she is considered multi-element. Mm -hmm. uh, but cards that produce CP of other elements, obviously like a Tiro or like, like the, the dual-color Moogles, are not. So, yeah, and didn't they say Kamari is multi-element? Uh, yeah, because Kamari gains the elements of all the elements that your opponent has. He doesn't mm -hmm. uh, tap to produce whatever. He's just like Shantoto, kind of. Yep. Yeah, so yes. Uh, so those would not reduce his cost. Mm -hmm. So he just yep. likes a, a nice old-fashioned rainbow pie here. Yep. Um, neat little top end. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's pricey, and I mean, it doesn't really do much. It's. I feel like it's kind of a, a do-nothing the turn it comes out. The fact but that he's it's uh, a big boy. So so let's just look at his best case scenario. You have five backups mm -hmm. that are different elements, right? Mm -hmm. He's free. Yep. Uh, I mean, a free 10k is pretty good. It's pretty good, and he's an Earth, which is mm -hmm. the easiest way to like play rainbow stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. So let's let's say you're playing three different colors. Very easy, mm -hmm. right? We it happens all the time. Three is what I'll say. We'll evaluate this guy just because it's like the average number, like without yep. you going crazy, right? So mm -hmm. is the four cost 10k on damage three, brave, and he can attack twice in the same turn. I mean, it just feels mm -hmm. like a really good earth card, like like yep. the neutral play kind of hey, like mono earth kind dude. of thing. Yeah, I mean, I I just I can't, I don't think it's bad mm -hmm. as long as it's discounted enough, right? Yeah. You're never, I mean, like ten is just you're not even doing it, right? I mean, he'll never even mm -hmm. cost ten. Yeah. Um, I think eight is too expensive for him. I think six is probably too expensive for him. Yep. But once you get to four, it starts to be like real appetizing. The fact, the fact that his can attack twice in the same turn is on damage three mm -hmm. is very interesting because that normally that feels like one of these damage six abilities. And we know about these damage six abilities. I can just say to you, how often has like RNA's damage six been relevant? And you can think of a couple times where wow, it's mm -hmm. been it's been really strong, of course, but much more often. You go to like from four to seven, or you know, you know, like when yeah, you, lose, you go you lose. from three to seven, two yeah. to seven, like three, four is like the sweet spot now. Like you're just dead on the next turn, yeah, really. Three, or the next swing. three is like Ritz, right? Three, yeah, that'll be online, right? We'll be mm -hmm. using damage three. I think we can rely on using damage three abilities. Damage sixes yeah, and, are always, and we've a bit made of a the stretch. joke on this cast that we start the game at damage three, we start the game at damage days. three. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that... Um, I think this card is good in a really straightforward and boring way. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. only in very certain kind of like environments, right? Only certain decks. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, he's not nothing, man. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He does. Um, he's, the, the cost opens him up to like a lot of removal, which is yep, good. Yep, absolutely. Which is good because and... you have to be able to get rid of this guy for kind of cheap because he can be like <laughs> very cheap. Absolutely. And, uh, and like we said, he is the Opus 13 pre-release promo, so if you get any pre-release kits, um, this will be your your extended art uh, special card that comes in those kits. Uh, Great-looking um, card, and I'm, this, I'm also yeah. honestly shocked this is a hero. Like, Yeah, uh, absolutely. The, everything about it, it just feels so grand. Like, they made it a 10-cost mm -hmm. forward, right? They gave it 10,000 power. A lot like, of bomb type. There's a lot, a lot of... Oh um, yeah, dude. This is a, this card costs yeah. stats text. Yeah, this I is agree. the this is the king crush. This is like the big dino, dude. You just <laughs> yeah, Yonka Dingo. Yeah, this is the Yonka Dingo. Do you just want to slam this thing on the table for sure? That's right. That's right. But uh, John. So moving on from that, uh, the next card we're going to talk about. Now we're going into the uh, the starter deck. The the first card we're going to talk about is fucking Yonka Dingo. He is the danger. He is the excellence of execution. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And I'm talking about Big, Big Philly Phil style. <laughs> yeah, Big of Phil. course, dude. Phil, Phil Uncle, Ponderosa. Uncle Phil, dude. Uncle Phil. Um, let's go ahead and read old Philly. Breakout so Lucille, dude. Here we go. That's right. So he's an 8CP fire forward, category 14. All these next ones from the start deck are all category 14. Um, job is Light Warden. It's an 8CP 10K. So text is, if Philia is dealt damage by an ability, the damage becomes zero instead. When Philia enters the field, deal 10,000 damage to all the forwards, and then Philia deals you one point of damage. Philia comes and just... Yeah, dude. Um, so you, you might remember, and uh, I love seeing this because mm -hmm. this just makes... Like, like You know when you see something and it just makes everything you were saying just like more right i love that mm -hmm. stuff so i was just saying how uh over time we see us go back and forth between what's more important damage based removal or mm -hmm. spot removal right and mm -hmm. i talked about how at the end of opus 11 that damage based removal was getting out of you know everything was getting too high on a curve right mm -hmm. and all of our sweeps like a fiend of alpha sweep is an 8k and the 8k it's sweep not good enough do it. anymore so spot removal was going to become more important. I said that going into Opus 12. I said, I think we're going to see more people play. And I know I'm a broken record on 4CP Alexander. But look mm -hmm. what happened. Everybody started playing 4CP Alexanders in every goddamn deck all the time. Because mm -hmm. spot removal is king right now. You needed a way to stop all the stupid Barts and XYZ and Neo mm -hmm. X death stuff at the beginning of the yep. set. Odin, and nowadays, Odin really came back too. Yep, Huge. And, and nowadays you need a way to clap the, the Crowl or the Lock as they're trying to flash it with Renault. You know, you just they need... Mm -hmm spot removal these days because the board clears the damage based board clears just don't do it except for sometimes uh, samurais right and here it is here is the swing in the other direction the pendulum comes back this is a damage based board clear that is going to start now damage i think is coming back to being king they're tuning the damage up high enough mm -hmm. that they're going to push us back out of spot removal and back into damage 
I think that this kind of card, we talk about how uh, Shantoto isn't good enough to reset anymore, right? Because mm -hmm. you play Shantoto, that's your turn, you're spent. Then they just put four forwards on the board, and sometimes they have haste, and, you know, this mm -hmm. card comes down, blows up the board. Yeah, you take a point of damage, but you got a 10k sitting there, so that's mm -hmm. going to soak any kind of, like, fast crackback from them, mm -hmm. right? Also, uh, it's hard for them to remove with anything that's not, like, single targeted spot removal so if damage becomes relevant like the philia right philia mm -hmm. can't crack affilia like you can't yep. counter affilia wipe with affilia so it's just like i think this card is very very good i mm -hmm. love the design space that they're operating in for this 10k to the all forwards and the card stays alive and you can obviously mm -hmm. play other things with it like i love starter kane um, yep. and, and other things that kind of dodge damage, Gawain, things like that. But uh, also the fact that um, this card is just like in fire is really yep. cool. I I think this is going to push things in a different direction too. I think like this is just so good against the Earth Wind deck, right? And this is Very, a color that's not being played in that deck. Yeah, absolutely, eight cost. It's nice that it's even too though, because think about yep. how often you have to pay eight for Shantoto, right? Yep. Yeah, like I love something where it's exact change only, baby. I love that shit. Yeah, it's like you have a five-card hand, bro. That's you discard four cards and you play Philly. <laughs> it's uh yep. I I think this is really cool. I'm I'm yep. all about this card. It's very cool. I agree. Now on the on the flip side there, and I do like how it's not like over I mean it's a starter card, right? So I mean it's powerful, but it's not like overly unfair. You can still prevent the damage. But it's also one of those things where it's like if you have Kukaspel in the backup line, you're just like, oh, we're going to activate this guy first, and then we're going to windmill slam fucking Big Phil and go ahead and nuke everything that couldn't have been nuked before. You know what I mean? Yeah. I uh, Yeah. I, and then there you go. You know, hey, I'm okay with making Kukaspel as relevant as it should be yeah. for that rule change. Yep. You know, Kukaspel is still waiting to deserve to earn that uh, mm -hmm. that change to the entire game that made other cards worse. <laughs> and now here we are. And I think yeah. Phil's going to definitely help out Good. a lot in that. So, Good card. Yeah. All right, and now the next one, we have another eight-cost fire forward here. We have Ranjit. It's a job captain, eight, uh, 8 CP, 8K. Uh, the cost required to cast Ranjit is reduced by one for each backup you control. So at best, he's going to be a 3 CP, 8K, which is fine. Um, Especially with this Ron enter, Chris. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When Ranjit enters the field, choose one forward opponent controls. Deal at 8K. Deal at 8,000 damage. Solid. Solid. I love solid, that solid. it's 8. It's so relevant that it's 8. Yep. Um, That's also, awesome. I'm just going to say uh, we are getting so many more unique Fire 14 characters. And mm -hmm. you remember the Nationals deck from the, the, old, the old guys, Jim Jim? Dude, yeah. That stuff's about to get pretty cool i think i think that yeah. uh that we're gonna see a version of just like the pingaling pingaling a ding dong mm -hmm. uh maybe mono fire maybe fire earth maybe fire lightning 14 uh but yeah. those, it's slowly been getting pieces since that deck was a thing and i think these might mm -hmm. put it into a cool spot no i agree i agree i think there's a lot of neat stuff happening there um now i guess before we go to the next card we should preface that each the two sides of the two player set are fire ice versus uh, Lightning Earth. Yes. So now we're getting to the ice cards of that side. We have a, a new Emmett Selch already. Um, 3CP 7K Java Asian. 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 I like this card a lot. Um, when Emmett Selch enters the field, you may pay four. If you do so, search for one ice backup of cost four or less and play it onto the field. 
This card is insane. Yeah, it's really, really good. I will gladly pay seven to develop a forward and then get whatever fucking backup I need. I don't care if it's a two CP. I don't care if it's a three CP. I don't even care if it's a four CP snow or a backup setzer, whatever. Ice has an incredible yes. fleet of or Eduardo. You can get fucking suite. Eduardo with this. Eduardo. Thing. Uh, Iadolis, the guy who gets uh, EX burst gets yeah. an ice card back. A sale searches for any ice forward. Uh, mm -hmm. You can like play or less Edward, dude. Just get him yeah. in there, take a card from the hand, develop him. You can mm -hmm. play uh, any of the tutors. You know, you can yep. play him, play GE Sid, boom, get a, a Final Fantasy VI character. Yep. You can play him, you can play so many. There's a four drop um, Sid Reigns backup that deals 7k to a dull forward when it enters. Mm -hmm. That's an EX burst. Yep. So, like, he can end up being, like, a develop a backup kill a guy. Play, I yep. mean, just... And also, too, so right, cool. we're talking about the snow backup. Like, you could just play yeah. this guy yeah. and just win the game on that turn. I right, play this guy, pay four snow. Now, all my, all my attackers now are coming through to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I, th I like this guy a lot. I think he's really, really good. Really good. I th and you know what? Ice, uh, honestly, needs to be pushed a little bit in the mono direction, I think, right now, too, so... Yeah, I agree. Well, this next ice card doesn't really push it in that direction, but I think this is a really neat card uh, for those realm decks and all that goofy shit that we like. Um, and this is uh, Titiana. She's a uh, pixie job pixie king, or he, she, pixie king, queen. You know, you can be whatever you want to be. Um, <laughs> two CP eight K. Uh, you may only ca you can only cast Tatiana if you have a forward backup <laughs> monster and a summon in Tatiana. your break zone. Titiana, Tatiana, whatever. Titania, dude, but it's just uh, so funny because Tatiana is Titania, dude, yeah. But oh, whatever. that's so funny because saying Tatiana just makes her sound like, like you look at the hairstyle, dude. It's yes. just like, dude, here comes, I might just call her Tatiana anyway and just evoke, evoke the ire of my opponents as they correct yes, me every do it. Do it. I, I don't care. Um, but, but you have to have that stuff in your break zone before paying the cost, mind you. You can't pitch this stuff to, to have her be able to cast her. Um, now when now 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 I, now now you got me like stopping Titania. Titania Titania Jesus Christ so when Titania enters the field choose up to two characters opponent controls and dull and freeze them pretty straightforward a little setup but I think it's worth it but I feel like honestly I feel like we're just doing that with lock anyway you know uh yeah with an ATP lock so I mean hey it's a two cost which has uh, think of the implications. Yeah, I mean, uh, the fact that you can Phoenix something in that's an 8K body that Dolan freezes two characters, uh, these kinds of things are pretty strong. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, uh, the way to play it, like, to cast it, um, it, it requires a little bit of, you know, stuff going on. I think it does kind of start pushing you towards, like you said, like the realm stuff, like the ice water. But remember, we're getting a lot yeah. of ice water dual cards. And so that, I think, deck is going to get, uh, you know, Yeah, absolutely. We discussed real. a legend last week that's an mm -hmm. uh, ice water legend that would go very well with that card for sure. Uh, but um, yeah, I think that this card is just, uh, again, most of the S cards usually end up just being, you know, keyword good. Um, yep. I, I think that freeze, don't freeze two things on a two drop. Like there are a lot of ways to get that into the field quickly and doling and freezing two things can be, uh, can be lethal. Yep, absolutely. And it's a two CP, which I mean, two CP seems to be a sweet spot these days with so many things that search them, put them into play, whatever. So I think, I think card's solid. Um, it does require a little bit of a, a little bit of setup, but I think in the deck she's going in, you're going to have all that set up very easily. Yeah. I mean, just imagine the, uh, imagine if, you're playing that water ice deck 
right? Mm -hmm. And you're playing Gilgamesh, you like attack and just bring this in. Like a two drop yeah. 8k, a Dolzen Freeze, two things on yeah. attack from Gil. Pretty yeah, good. Like, like, uh, I think there's just going to be a lot of cool stuff for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I almost think that's probably the easiest way to play the card, honestly. Uh, I you think know? that or Phoenix, dude. That or Fire yeah. Ice. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so moving on to the other half of the starter deck here, we're going to start with the Earth Forward, uh, Crystal Exarch, uh, 3CP7K, uh, job as leader of the Crystarium. Um, so at the beginning of the attack phase, during each player's turn, at, at, during each player's turn, that's pretty important, choose one forward, it gains 2,000 power until the end of the turn. Really neat. Uh, at damage 5, the Crystal Exarch gains. When the Crystal Exarch attacks, choose one forward. If its power is less than Crystal Exarch's power, break it. Uh, so this is kind of cool, Chris. Actually, uh, that it's during each player's turn. This is the very love first card that does that. Card. I think. Yeah. This is the first card that has an auto that triggers during your opponent's attack phase, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there are things like the Edward backup that have autos that will trigger during yeah. your opponent's attack phase, but not like this. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And what I like here is it, it does create some really neat defensive turns where like, you know, maybe you're playing a deck with the, the Gallif from last set or something mm -hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like how this opens up some, for some real, like I love, I, I kind of like this in a deck with the legend Ursula from Opus 11. So now it's yeah. like, all right, now, now <laughs> that's cool. When actually. you attack, I don't even, I don't even need to break a monk at this point yet. It's like, all right, the the uh, where lo we crystal exart has loaded the shells into the cannon and it's like all right well where are we going with this you know <laughs> what i mean he, he's just handed out guns he's gunther <laughs> yeah. purveyor yeah, of death yeah, crystal exart purveyor of death <laughs> absolutely but i like this card a lot and i would i would actually try that out like in a in a mono earth monk shell just just because of the ursula implications i think i think that's worth trying out on a very simple like bare bones level but i like this card a lot it's neat yeah, this is just so cool. Like thinking about, um, like, oh, you go into your opponent's attack phase. Oh, I have three CP Noctis on the field. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and make him a nine K real quick. All right, yeah, you go ahead. You want to attack? Yeah, please. <laughs> it's like oh, uh, like main that, two. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> yeah, like just uh, oh, I have a six CP Shantoto, and when you go into attack step, yeah, I'll just go ahead and make her an eleven K kind of. You know, yeah, just so like main two. So many you got things. It. That, yeah, it's, it's that's um, is very defensive card, and the flavor on that is very cool too, because that's a, he is yeah. like a supportive defensive kind of. And it's also in an element that has all the ways in the world to protect it. Titan, Cockatrice, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mist Dragon. Like, if, if also, you the want 2000 this card power gone, works with all the fight mechanics that are in Earth. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. that's what I'm saying. Like, especially, like, if you you flip, you pick somebody, then they attack you anyway, and you flip a Titan, it's like, oh, fucking clunking heads and ripping shirts. It's over. <laughs> you, you are hulking up it's a state of hulkamania you know you, you got your you got the you know the skin of a hot dog and the hair of a chinese man it's hulkamania brother that's right uh next card i think is super impactful because i feel like this is now going to be the yestola of choice in the traditional scion builds um it's a 6 cp yestola 6 cp 8k job scion of the seventh dawn um, so we're going to go ahead and start with the text. Yestola cannot be chosen by your opponent's summons. So, and, Hold and on, the first thing Yishtola I need to know, dude, is what, what kind of snack are you opening there, dude? What, are you oh, nothing. Play? I just have two, uh, I have two, like, the My Hero demo decks in my hand that are just sealed. I'm just flicking them back and forth. Oh, dude, I just hear crinkling. I, I hear all this crinkling, and I'm just like, dude, you got something to share with the class? Oh, I wish. I wish it was like some, a Twix or into something. Getting some, like, chips hot. right now? Like, oh, that'd be you, sick. Hangry grab a Snickers? Right, I'm That's sorry. Right. You right, turn into a diva when you're hungry. Yeah, dude. I turn into Tatiana when I'm hungry. 
can't <laughs> you can't podcast when you're hungry, Chris. That's right. That's right. Sponsored by Snickers. I, oh, if only. If only. All right. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. We were on the six CP Ishtola. Yeah. Yeah, Ishtola. She cannot be chosen by your opponent's summons. When Ishtola enters the field, choose one forward in your break zone. If its cost is equal to or less than the number of job scions of the seventh uh, job, si- job scion of the seventh dawn, I have uh, the, my mastery of the English language today is awful. <laughs> it's the so, science of the seventh dawn, yes. Chris. We're, we're in the lab, dude. <laughs> yes. If the cost is equal to or less than the number of job scion of the seventh dawn you control, play it onto the field. Holy shit. Dude, call me a scientist because I am dude. I am all about these uh these new scions, man. This card is gas, dude, cuz like it's not limited to scion forwards. Um I think you're clearly playing this in the dedicated scion Ooh. list cuz being able to like yeah. get back like Thancred, the 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 Thancred from last set or bring back your Yida that's been killed or what the fuck ever or maybe you're playing whatever your non uh your non uh scion forwards are, bringing one of those fuckers back into play. Ugh. God damn, this card is good. Yeah, and uh, she's got a little bit of protection on the way in, too. Makes it a little bit difficult yeah. for things to kind of, like, reduce mm-hmm. the number of Scions by just straight killing your Stola. Yeah. Uh, you know, because most, you figure, you've got the backups are safe, right? Mm-hmm. So what you're worried about is, like, oh, I have the thing I want to get, and I play it, and in response, they change the number of Scions. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I think that the fact that she kind of stops herself from... Uh, most instant speed removal at that point is pretty cool, but also and what's so great is around it. Well, and it's equal to or less. So, yeah, like, yeah. even if even if you player and you're expecting, you're like, you go in playing this card expecting, well, they're going to have an answer for this forward. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just get this one that costs mm-hmm. one or two less because if they're going to go ahead and remove two, yeah, then play it safe, I dude, still yeah, come exactly. out so far ahead, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, the card is very very solid. Yeah, I mean, she's huge, just huge good, fan. and you're right. I think that. Um, in order for that Scions deck to kind of uh, evolve, right? Mm-hmm. It needs a way to have the threat of the full, like, you know, like the payoff, like Ida needs to be able mm-hmm. to threaten every turn kind of thing. And we yep. see that with Ishtola and with mm-hmm. the Oracle of Light. I think Scions gets yep. fast enough and gets enough recursion to kind of come mm-hmm. back. Uh, and also just things like the next guy we're going to talk about. Um, they just have more, like, better neutral plays now instead of just like, okay, I, I just uh, have attack turns and every turn has to be an attack turn and then i'm completely spent we always said that the way you beat scions is you just killed three edas dude because yeah like what do they do they can't they never had anything that brought it back right if you mm-hmm. got through the three of them that was it you, you were done uh and now we have things like you know uh the fenrir that brings back like two drop earth summons mm-hmm. like uh i think that there has been enough under the radar support now that the blatant support is here yeah, uh, yeah it's just back in a big way Yep, because the next one is a 2CP Urianje. We pretty much have the the category 14 version of the 2CP Noctis. Uh, it's a 2CP EX Burst, 5K, Job Scion. Uh, EX Burst, when uh, Urianje enters the field, reveal the top two cards of your deck. Add one category 14 character. Now, he's a little bit less good than Noctis because Noctis says category 15 card. This one does limit you to character, uh, but choose one from among them. Uh, put one in your hand and put the other one on the bottom of your deck in any order. I think currently there aren't any 15 or 14 summons, but it, uh, okay. uh, there actually might be 14 summons. Yeah, I, I feel like I, there uh, there may be one or two, yeah. but I don't know. But that, that's a very important distinction. Character it is. It is, card, it is. And there's still. so few cards that say card. And so I love the cards that do say card. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's very cool. Like the lock hero does. 
Yep. <laughs> so you can get that one Raiden summon from FF6. That's right. Please print more right. Final Fantasy VI summons. Please, there's so many. Please. Um, but I like this yeah. Ariange. Now, granted, uh, it goes back to what you had kind of just said that, this, that for the Scion deck to evolve, I think the other uh, old Ariange from the old Opus Five starter deck had a place because you were running things like dragons and you know a, a small suite of monsters that could always be gotten back with Ariange just by itself because they would mm-hmm. cost one or something. I like this one maybe a little bit better because it does it does replace itself. I think I think the deck kind of pivots. Maybe you're not playing so many monsters anymore. You're playing smaller amounts of summons. You're playing more forwards, uh, more copies of kind of redundant uh, redundant forwards like Thancred, who we'll talk about here in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this card kind of you know kind of like you said, this is a very much a well, a it's a burst, so it's always great to see on damage, but it's also very much a more neutral play for the deck. Yeah, uh, I, but it's like it's a really good neutral play. The fact yeah. that it starts off at five k is relevant because we're going to talk mm-hmm. about cards in a bit that are pumping like your scions. Yep. Um, and like the other Uriandre, he was like, uh, "Hey, if I have haste and you have an empty board, watch out for some damage coming in." But this guy's actually going to force like trades and like you know, and, and he's somebody who every time you play him, you'll get that value. Whereas the other one has like a weird little bit of setup involved, right? Like you have to get the monster first. You have to discard the monster. Mm-hmm. You, they can remove it from the break zone. There's a lot of that exactly. kind of hate going on these days. So yeah, I think that like the old one's a little outdated, just like the old Astolas <laughs> are a little outdated. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a perfect new spot for him because it's not competing like with a, an Arianja that does something too similar, right? It's like very different. I like it. Absolutely. Uh, I think um, I like this. <laughs> I like him a lot more than the next guy as far as like a new take on the same guy. Sure. Uh, I actually like this next one. We're talking about Thancred here. It's another Thancred. This is the Thancred's probably the second most printed Scion at this point. Um, so we have, he's a four CP eight K pretty normal. Um, when a job sign of the seventh dawn, other than Thancred enters your field, doesn't specify, specify forward now, just job, which is awesome. Um, Yep. Until the end of the turn, Thancred gains 2,000 power, haste, and brave. Um, this one actually has an S, uh, Blasting Zone, for just S and tap. Choose a forward, deal it damage equal to Thancred's power. Um, uh, like you were saying, John, you said you don't care for this one as much. I like this one um, only because now we finally got a Scion that gives you something to do with those extra copies that you're inevitably going to have of this forward. Um, yeah, and if true. I'm playing maybe like one or two of this guy and like maybe some of the seven CP thanker or some of the old like damage reduction, like now you can play with those numbers and the ones you don't need. If you, if this guy's the right play, play him and then S the other ones into your break zone. And then when this guy dies, you slam fucking your stole on the board. Now here comes seven CP thanker getting in them guts. So like, I think I like this guy a lot. I don't think you're running like nine Thankards or anything, but I think like one or two of this guy is absolutely fine. I think you just talked me into like one of always on this guy. Yeah, kind of absolutely. Thing, you know? A minimum one of always, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's good. I think he's good enough. Very but, cool. Uh, also, yeah, I like again, it. Again, I think I'm just going to mention it real fast. I know that she's like two cards away, but Oracle of Light is going to just be mm-hmm. giving all your Scions 2000 power. Yeah. Um, so just like the fact that uh like she comes in and reses somebody else and if Thancred's you know let's even forget his trigger for a second but just making him a 10k is pretty good especially since oh, yeah. he deals damage equal to his power but the fact yep. that if you he's play be her anyway. yeah if you play her right and he's on the field already uh mm-hmm. she cheats in another 
Oh, it's like a, she gives it a power when she comes in, right? So he's got 2,000. Yep. Then he gets his trigger. So then uh -huh. he's another 2,000. So he's 12K with haste and brave. So then he attacks. And while he's brave, he holds priority after attacking. And he just is attacking and 12Ks something. And then yeah. he's attacking for 12K. So I think that uh, very much on purpose because him and the Oracle of Light are like a tag team in the game. Uh, yep. These cards just work very, very well together. But. Yeah, and then like we like I said, you're getting uh, the next best copy of Thankred that you want in the break zone into the break zone for the Yastola play potentially on the next turn. Or like I, I think that these new cards open up so many new lines of play and so many new sequences for this. So kind of like needs the OG lines, aggro dude. tribe, right? Yeah. yeah, it needs lines. It needs lines bad because it's yes. very linear. <laughs> it's very linear. Absolutely. Uh, it was always the deck's downfall was drawing multiple copies of the same dudes you have in play and only yep. having like one plan. And that plan is put the cinder block on Ida, <laughs> yes. the gas pedal that is Ida. Yeah. Yes. Uh, can just we turn sideways skip... and look at the ceiling. Can we skip to Oracle of Light just because we're talking yeah, about Yeah, we actually can't since we're talking about the other scions. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about the, uh, the, the one of the light cards that's in the starter set. It's uh, Oracle of Light. Uh, she's a 3 CP 5K. Um, beautiful art on all of these, by the way. So she has a static ability, field ability, that the job sign of the Seventh Dawn forwards you control, gain 2,000 power. Now, here, here's, here's, her, here's her meat. Um, when the Oracle of Light is put from the field into the break zone, you may remove Oracle of Light from the game. When you do so, choose a job sign of the Seventh Dawn in your break zone and just play it on the field dole. No cost, no muss, no fuss. What doesn't fucking matter. Um, card is fucking gas, dude. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, like I said, her and Thancred are a tag team in mm -hmm. the game, and they very much will be a tag team. Uh, think of the the implications. Anyway, well, dude, but uh, well, even and, like with the, the legend Thancred, you stole Jesus well, Christ! Yeah, yeah, she played that. She comes back. She plays whoever, and you know, it's like. Yeah, this one uh, not only keeps you as just so much uptime, right? It's like mm -hmm. just action all the time for Scions. Um, mm -hmm. This card like has so many things it can do with just like mono water or with like Thancred mm -hmm. outside of Scions. Um, the fact that this can play that legend Thancred, like the fact that there's mm -hmm. no cost restriction on yep. the thing you play is insane. And also you can play backups when she dies. Like, it, it just like, uh, her second ability is, you know how we usually say vague in all the right places. Uh, I'm about to say uh, too vague, mm -hmm. too vague. It's so strong. Yeah. And it's like, I love the fact that you're, you're kind of replacing her going to the, uh, to the break zone anyway. So like, you don't give a fuck. You're, you're fine with her. All right. Well, I'm just going to. Now, I guess, how did, how would she interact with 5CP Yuna? Would would you be able to be like, I, instead of putting her in the break zone, I'm going to remove her from the game to do my thing? Or does 5CP Yuna, did, would she get the chance to remove her before she ever hits the break zone? Uh, no, you can you can decide to remove it. It's like your okay. own, yeah. Okay, cool. Even better. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a very cool card. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. going to be like, oh, I'm going to have to cancel that auto ability. Man, mm -hmm. I guess we're going to have to play mid. Bam! Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that in a second, too. <laughs> I think this card's very, very good. A, a oh, good... wait, mid doesn't cancel that ability because it doesn't target no. it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going to need to do some kind of 
some kind of uh like Amaterasu or something. I don't know. You gotta absolutely. Jesus, but like if, if they're the burning zone. Amaterasu on this card, it's gonna go to the break zone, and you'll just fucking get it back anyway. You, you just can't drag in the other cards in their break zone, dude. If yeah. If you got Yuna out, there shouldn't be too many Scions in their form. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. but uh, I like this card a lot. It, you know, because typically like these these um Scion decks don't really use any lighter dark uh slots, and now now they've definitely got a reason to use two or three of them now. Yeah, I think that that's uh, another huge plus for her. Yeah, and, she's and not I competing. Think, right, and I also think she replaces that spot that was normally relegated for like monsters. So now you're just yeah, playing three yeah. of her, and your summon. I think your summon suite has been reduced to maybe like a couple of the like maybe three of the three CP Ramus. Um, I mean, at this point, you're playing three two Siths, right? Like, yeah, Kusith. <laughs> you um, just want to keep cycling all the good stuff forever, exactly, and ever, and, and, like, and ever, and ever. Yeah, but. So the last card here is actually part of the other this because uh, obviously Oracle of Light goes with the Earth Lightning side. The other light card goes with the Fire Ice side, and I like this card a lot. Uh, this I I don't want to say there's no to me there's no Kadaj level card in this starter set. There's just a lot of good cards, but like I like Innocence a lot. I'm not saying Innocence is anywhere near as good as Kadaj. But like in a fire ice list, I feel like you play this card in any fire ice list you're playing. Because let's go ahead and read it. Innocence is a four CP nine K job light warden uh, has innate brave, which is huge. Um, if you have a card named Innocence in your break zone, Innocence gains for fire and tap. Choose a forward, deal it ten thousand damage, and for ice and tap, your opponent discards two cards from their hand. You can only use this ability during your turn and only once per turn. Uh, wow, this card is really cool. That's a uh, neat card. It, it neat is, fire uh, ice card. Everything about it is insane, and mm -hmm. the caveat is you have to have a card named Innocence in your break zone. Um, mm -hmm. I've been doing this little engine, Chris. This little, the mm -hmm. little engine that could in uh, Warrior of Light decks, where mm -hmm. you play Princess Goblin and you go get yourself a light forward, and then you use Meath to discard the light forward to just go get a not light card, yep. and and, you know, you have benefits for having those light forwards, the Warrior of Lights, in your break zone. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, hey, man, I'm just going to do that with Innocence, huh? Get Innocence, yep. search it, throw this thing in the break zone to go get, well, boy, howdy, I don't mind grabbing another copy of Innocence from my deck. How about them? We're online, baby. I mean, oh, yep. my God. It, it, thankfully... It's like we've been talking about last time. Uh, this is kind of the new normal. If you don't do something when you enter the field, you're plus 1K, right? So it's a 4 CP, 9K mm -hmm. with Brave. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to make them do something about this for sure. Man, this is yep. a hell of a neutral play. Just like, all right, boop, here I am. Now look out for my attack and 10K, almost like a BFA light, right? Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, if I don't have something to kill, way better on an empty board. Hand. Way better on an insanely good on an empty board. BFA on an empty board is just like, uh, you know, that's kind of one of the ways to mitigate him. Don't give him something to kill. You know, like this is just a really cool card. And I think um, I love seeing these light cards that are just so individually strong and have reasons to like build around them. Mm -hmm. uh, because we don't normally get that with light cards. They're kind of just like, uh, like a little like tacked on to. Mm -hmm very specific archetypes i do like how these are more open uh, innocence specifically is uh yeah it's like a fire ice card but also i mean just hero or something like that yeah absolutely uh, like this card is just universally strong i think uh really mm -hmm. good 
Yep, and obviously this card plays very well with the materia that was shown earlier. Since mm -hmm. you're playing some sort of random Earth deck with Tiro or I mean, whoever. Oracle yeah. of Light. Yeah, we talked about yep. that too. You know, when she dies, uh, you get to put a Scion onto the field. So it's like, oh, Oracle of Light dies. I play Ishtola, and I also draw a card, and also I play a Scion. Oh, and it's you know whoever. And oh, it happens whoever. to be seven CP Thancred. And yeah, I guess I'll just use his ability to resurrect uh, whoever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this exactly. is crazy. Indeed. All right, so we were down to our last three here. These are the most recent spoilers. We uh, This first one here was the card of the week this past week, and it's the Fire Legend out of Opus 13. Uh, we got some more Brave Exvius love. Uh, we have a 4CP 8K. Uh, Axstar? Ad I, Admiral yeah, Axstar? Yeah, Admiral Axstar, dude. That's I love right. that, dude. <laughs> Fucking love it. Job Mercenary. Um, he has a very, very unique effect. The first that we've seen in, in this game. Uh, when Axstar enters the field, choose one card with EX Burst in your damage zone. You may trigger its EX Burst effect. This effect is put onto the stack. At damage three, when Axstar enters the field, you may search for one category, uh, Brave Exvius character, other than card name Axstar, and add it to your hand. John, we've already we've already seen. I, I think this card's fantastic. I absolutely love it. We've already seen the issues with the wording and with the ability. Um, Twitter's been ablaze with it. So let's talk about it. Yeah, so uh, I think that the problem mostly with all the Twitter stuff is that it, like Kageyama says something and like doesn't really mean what he's saying because it's the language barrier type deal. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure where we landed on this mm -hmm. is that um, you choose an EX burst in your damage zone and you can trigger its effect. And see mm -hmm. how it says its effect is put on the stack, mm -hmm. right? Um that's like when you use an ability, it results in putting an effect on the stack. So he's kind of saying like, hey, look, uh, you know, this doesn't get canceled. You can't like use Ishtola to cancel the effect because mm -hmm. the effect is not an auto ability. Yeah. Right. Uh, but what he is saying is like, you know, you can still stack unlike EX Burst normally resolve immediately. You can still right. stack things on top of them. You can respond to them, yep. you know, and you could cancel Axstar's ability, for example, things like that. Yep can be canceled so it's just confusion when you say like can't be canceled it's like hold on dude there's a lot of angles to being able to cancel or respond or play and, and mm -hmm. how do ex bursts work when they have stacked effects you know added in and just like um yeah so i mean obviously we're we're gonna wait for a nice I, he made it seem like all right i guess i gotta write another article <laughs> you know yep. but yeah that's that's what you gotta do kags because uh, you know, with a multi-element question from the other card, I can only mm -hmm. answer because of the article they put out. Uh, certainly mm -hmm. not because they updated the rules after they added multi-element cards to the game. No, not at all. So, with, I mean, like, and you would think, like, oh, well, these cards aren't out yet. Yeah, but, I mean, like, Opus 12 has been out for a while now, and, and we never got anything beyond that, like, letter from the producer. So, uh, mm -hmm. just like how you have to check Twitter for rulings, we now have to check letters from the producer for rulings. At least they're pretty thorough when they do come mm -hmm. out. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one just to make sure mm -hmm. everything. But it seems like it's not uh, it's not that big a deal. It's not like there are these invincible effects. It just seems like uh, right. It, but you with, have to clarify what kind of can't work. Sorry, go ahead. Right, and with that aside, I think this card does some very neat things. Obviously, it's oh, yeah, three. Sure. It's a category tutor. But what I love the most is it now it's a card that it interacts with a card in a zone. That your opponent can't interact with. Like if you've got a Opus, was it the Opus Seven Legend Noctis in the <laughs> band and in damage, and you're on damage six, and you play this guy, 
you better cancel his ability because something's fucking dead. Um, <laughs> like the fact that you know, in in most decks that are burst heavy, which a lot of times fire decks tend to be, or fire earth decks, or whatever, which this guy clearly slots into, mm-hmm. like. You're, you now get your pick of the litter. Do I want to draw a card? Do I want to search for a card? Do I want to kill something? Do I want to bump my guy? Do I? You have this like amazing like toolbox that your opponent can't do anything about. Once that card's in damage, it's there. So if they don't have an answer for Axtar's ability when he comes into play, they better have something. They better be able to interact with whatever burst it is that you're choosing because they can't do anything about the card that's in the damage zone. And I really, really like that. Yeah, I also think that it's very cool that um that like cards that have just the EX burst clause, like they do something different if they're burst, still work with this, so you can take yep. kind of a double advantage of those things. And also just think about like I mean EX burst go all the way up to like these seven cost cards that are doing like a seven cost thing for free. Or like fucking Yizmat. To... You got a yeah. Yizmat. Yeah, yeah, nine cost. Yeah, being able to staple that to this guy is incredible. Yep. Well, I guess I'll activate all my stuff. Okay. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I think this card is very, very cool for sure. Yeah. And, really, uh, really neat. Definitely good. This guy, he, he looks like he needs a. He's got like a peg leg thing going on. Yeah, and we're also uh, we also got some uh, some not so legendary art on this bad boy, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know much about FFBE, mm-hmm. but does this guy not have a Amano thing like everyone else? Well. I don't know, but even going into the next card, which is also Brave Exvius, has better art than the Legend does, and this card's a, a rare. That's true, dude. Speaking of, dude, let's let's jump into this card. This card is cool. As yeah, well. I, I like this card a lot. It's a four CP seven K wind forward. Uh, name is Mid Job Member of the Order. Uh, member of the Order's category Brave Exvius. Well, Chris, uh, you say that that's a seven K four cost. Oh yeah. I do. Well, huh. I wonder why. Let's let's read on. Oh, because it had well, A, first of all, it's got one of my favorite keywords in the game, back attack, which is fucking back awesome. Back attack. It's got back attack. Love it's got back that. attack. Back fucking attack. Love that. Um and then when mid enters the field, choose one forward other than mid you control. Till the end of the turn, it gains a thousand power, and this forward cannot be chosen by your opponent's abilities. Back attack? What a <laughs> neat card. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that this is, oh, uh, an instant speed, no, 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 wrong mm-hmm. way, <laughs> this is 1,000, so, like, plus 1,000 power, blow this thing out, oh, you can't stop me, you know, mm-hmm. oh, or also, uh, you know, just come in here, it, it, like, the, the Amaterasu scare that you have when you're, like, playing into, and you know they have cards in hand, and you know they've got this card, and, like, man, I have to think twice about everything now. Man, mid makes them have to think twice about everything now, huh? That is just really, really cool. Um, yep. Also, it's a forward other than mid that you control, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be, like, like yeah, this can flash in and block, but this can flash in, block, and pump another thing, or flash in, yep. pump the other thing. That's then, blocking. Yeah, it's just, like, it, it has so much flexibility because of back attack. It's really yep. cool. I love that this is a really cool use of back attack, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Most of the other back attack cards, other than Titus that we saw, um, doesn't really do much on the board, right? It just, it, it was like Scarmaglion play Scarmaglion. Uh, Jinai, I would say, was... Oh, Jinai, okay, I forgot about Jinai, yeah. He was the best one, I think, yeah. Oh, he absolutely. Like, he, like, hits for 4K and then has the uh, the first strike. Has there. first strike, yeah. So I, I think mid is up there as well. Um, I think that card's really, really solid. I, I love... Because, I mean, this isn't a card you're going to slam three of into a list. Like, it's just one of those great, like, one of 
tech cards that it's like, okay, like your opponent does a thing, they play their lock, and you're like, no, nah, I'm going to mid, and now you're not going to dull and freeze this guy, this forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so I think, I, that, I think there's some really neat stuff. It's really cool. It also has that, like, duality, like, oh, man, if my opponent's not doing anything that is, like, ability-heavy, I can still just flash just back, this and pump it's Pseudo-haste. Back attack also means pseudo-haste in some, in some instances. Yeah, I, I also just love that we are uh, exploring this space. Like, like if anything, yes. this card has uh, cooler implications for, like, back attack in the future. And, like, that we're, that we're now doing, like, oh, instant speed, I can't be chosen. I love that. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. And then the Defensive last spoiler cards, here. Man. Absolutely. And then the last spoiler here is one that people are actually really excited about for, for you know, for good reason. It's a uh, it's a 2CP lightning backup. Uh, Rafa, job is Sky Seer, and category is Pictologica and Final Fantasy Tactics. John, we got another purple card that is not named Ramza. Thank fucking God. Uh, 2CP backup. Uh, not one the of the brothers name... either. We're hooked on the brothers. The brothers. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I can't re- I can't really pronounce that name. If the card name uh, Maroc, uh, the card name Maroc you control deals damage to a forward. The damage increases by a thousand instead. And at damage three, tap, put Rafa into the break zone. Choose up to three forwards opponent controls and deal them four thousand damage. What fun! Yeah, I mean a two drop Final Fantasy Tactics card that helps you get to five for that really good new Rams of check. Mm-hmm. Uh, a card that interacts with a cool new character forward that we're getting, which means another Final Fantasy Tactics card, also characters people were waiting for from this game. Check. Yep. Uh, damage 3, a backup that can break itself with mm-hmm. a really relevant effect. 3 forwards, 4,000 damage. Uh, check. Yep. Dude, uh, yeah, this is just a really cool 2-drop backup. I yep. got nothing bad to say about this card, except Not that card like maybe a little bit narrow for the yeah. FFT thing, but that's what the FFT stuff needs. So, yeah, but it's a perfect two CP lightning backup. Yeah, absolutely great. Oh yeah, I mean, think about how people are doing the scholar thing. Like mm-hmm. it's a break to do two things, three K. Like yeah, this is locked behind damage three, but oh boy, yeah. Even if you're not playing Maroc, it seems like uh, this could be a really good mm-hmm. lightning backup. Yep, and it's great in those decks. Maybe you're playing the Earthwind, Azul decks. Adam Duncan, listen up. Like, yeah, this, dude. This guy's unlocked at damage three, and then now your Azul's starting to be unlocked, and now you're just pop, 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 just machine gunning everything down. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's a certainly, <laughs> certainly a machine gunner. Yeah, John, so that's all the Opus 13 spoilers we have. Um, set's looking really, really exciting. Obviously, uh, Opus 12.5 is here now uh, with the Shadowbringer starter set, two-player starter set. Um, you know, the more I look at these cards, I'm actually kind of excited to... I, I want to go ahead and pick one up and tinker with uh, Scions a little bit. I haven't touched Scions since the Dark Crystal Cup. That's yeah, the last same, time dude. I played Scions. I, I want to tinker and toggle, bro. I'm, yeah. I'm in the mobile. <laughs> I'm spinning. Oh, absolutely. Ready, this is uh it's really um again, we, like we said, uh and almost all the cards that we talked about them, we talked about them in like almost different decks, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of action here for just a few cards. Absolutely. Now, one thing we did forget to mention though, in these uh in these two player sets before we move on to our main topic, we get a couple sneaky full arts in there. We got a full art a non-foil full art nail and a full art 6 CP menphilia. Oh my god, and it's gorgeous, dude. Yeah, that, they've really gotten a lot of mileage out of that piece of art, I tell you what. <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, it's a gorgeous piece of art. I didn't know yeah. those were in there. Did not know those were in there. Yeah, that was a nice little surprise. dude. And of course, you know, you get the foil Emmett Selk and the foil um, 
Crystal Exarch full yep. art, but those are like a sneaky little bonus mm -hmm. there. Yep, absolutely. So really, really neat. Uh, go ahead and pick one up. I've got what twenty four ninety nine, which is a steal. Um, I'd be willing to bet if it follows the 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 design of the all the other two player sets that have come out. The decks are probably pretty fun and playable right out of the box. Mm -hmm. I'd be willing to bet. So, you know, even if that if it's one of those things you and your buddy love Final Fantasy fourteen, you want to try out the card game, pick this up. They're probably again, like I said, probably super playable right out of the box. And it'll be just good times to be had by all. But, John, with uh, with that being said, let's kind of go ahead and go into our main topic. We're talking about good times being had by all. And we we briefly touched on this last week. Um, let's talk we're, – we're talking dead card games, John, and how, man, during this pandemic, dead card games have become – not so dead. The uh, we should be calling them undead card games, really. At the end, that's the, really, when you get down to it, the zombie games. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but, I mean it's been a boom, man. It has been like I mean collectibles across the board, but absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean it seems like people, uh, you know, they're stuck at home or they're stuck doing. So, so here's my two takes on it. It's a if you're oh. stuck at home playing games with friends, you know, nostalgia plays a heavy factor and, and like, oh, let's do something for the, you know, the good old days. And also, uh, you know, if you're going to be stuck playing things online, well, I mean, it's all the same. You know what yep. I mean? Like, uh, you have access to suddenly every card game, uh, every card in every card game, <laughs> you know, if you're going to be using yep. Octagon anyway kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, and, and therefore... Uh, the collectability of these things is going up and up. More people are interested. More people are playing. But also, we're seeing some volatility in just, like, collector market from, like, famous people who are also bored at home with a bunch of money, looking for YouTube views, doing things like opening Pokemon cards, and just watching that bleed over into, like, any trading card product. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and, and we're talking it's... specifically about, like, the Wizards of the Coast Pokemon stuff initially, right? Oh, yeah. Or I mean, I, I mean, this... Pokemon in general is collectible. I mean, it is oh, exploding right now. It is everything. Every single thing about the Pokemon trading card game is exploding right now. Um, and, and that's dragging everything else with it. The, the rising tide raises all ships. Like, like right. it's literally one of those things where people go, hey, I want to collect because look at these people opening these $25,000 base set boxes. All right, well, $25,000 is out of my range, right? So let me look at other old Pokemon boxes because I just want in. I want to collect. Okay, mm -hmm. well, it turns out all the old Pokemon World of uh, you know, Wizards of the Coast boxes are out of my range. Oh, you know, maybe I go for magic boxes. Oh, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, magic and Pokemon are too rich for my blood. Well, uh, wow, it turns out Wizards of the Coast made Harry Potter trading card game. It, like, we're literally getting spillover from people It's all who, just Fallout pussy, man. Can't, yeah, they can't afford to, like, uh, participate at that level. You know, they can't, like, show up to the big dealer table and sit down and play blackjack with everybody else dude they don't have the buy-in so they have mm -hmm. to go to like the kids table and they're playing like with penny buy-ins and they're like yeah we're playing blackjack <laughs> you know it's just like <laughs> you know but all of a sudden dude uh people found out that it's just like it's pretty easy to win on the penny tables and, and make like real money mm -hmm. and uh it's it's been crazy chris i mean we've seen because of that interest has gone up and interest means collectors are coming out of the woodwork it means new collectors are coming it means people who have had the product because they love the games for so long are getting mm -hmm. a big payoff for having kept all that stuff yeah um it, it means that a lot of these games are having like these uh, these resurrections these revivals like we called them undead card games you know mm -hmm. that people are um are putting effort into them 
because you know it's it they're almost indiscernible from some of the games we're playing right now absolutely and one one of the things i really like about it too is you know outside of just the collector aspect of it too you've probably got roommates and friends who are sitting around like hey you know what was that what you know we we used to love playing, you know, whatever card game. Oh, the Star Wars CCG, dude. We played that all the time when we were kids. Um, hey, I've still got mine in, in a box in my closet. You want to play? And then they start playing, and it's like, man, can we get more of these? Can we find some sealed products? Oh, no, we're adults with income. Oh, wait, we're getting exactly. stimulus now we're checks. Adults with <laughs> Absolutely. The government is sending me money. I guess I'll spend it on Pokemon cards, you know. And exactly. It's, it's, yeah, I, I mean, because, you know what, for every person who – not that, you know, people don't need the stimulus, right? Not – but for every person who really needs it, you know, someone doesn't. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just free money. And also a lot of people... They're investing it in bullshit. A lot of things people spend their money on, uh, vacations, you know, mm-hmm. travel, they just, they have to, you know, that expendable income kind of just gets directed somewhere else. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's been incredible to see uh, like any graph of the price of any card game or collectible over the last year has been insane. Absolutely. And on the inverse of that too, John, like there's some card games that were now, they were hard to find at the start of this thing, but now so many people have unloaded them that now you can find it all. And it's some of it's cheap. Like uh, one of the best examples is, uh, I mean, I've made, I've made no bones about it. Burst system was one of my all time favorite card games. Uh, that's you know how I met Adam Lane the first time, mm-hmm. and it was some of my best competitive card game work I've ever done. I was one of the best players in the state of Virginia. It was just an absolute great time. And now I can find a lot of the decks and cards that I used to play for like pennies of. Now there there are some outliers. There's still some like fifty to a hundred dollar cards that people still want to buy, mm-hmm. but I can now find these cards and recreate that nostalgia for pennies on the dollar which I think is really, really cool. And that's because, like, I remember at the start of this thing, you couldn't find any of this stuff. Like, people were buying it up. Or if you wanted to buy it, it was, oh, here's 40 bucks for this card, 20 bucks for this card. That $20 card is now 35 cents. So, like, it's it's <laughs> it's like the fucking stock market this year, man, with dead card games. It um, literally is, Chris. I mean, yeah. in, in every way, like, including the volatility and including the day traders flipping, you know, stocks. Yeah. Like, like, it is... Um, it is both genuine interest and get rich quick schemes like colliding in this crazy oh, perfect storm. Man, the big bang. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's hard to to really like wrap your head around. I mean, there's going to be videos of people like you know in years documenting like what happened to collections and collectibles. You know, like mm-hmm. this has changed the collecting scene and a lot of these things permanently. Uh, it has certainly brought in way more people than we're ever collecting or doing any of this stuff. I mean, we're seeing, you know, for every person who stopped playing Final Fantasy, you know, because they went to do something else in quarantine, someone started. You know, it's just like yeah. we're seeing a lot of new players. We're seeing a lot of new players in dead card games. Uh mm-hmm. and I mean, and Chris, we've uh we both like you said, you know, we're some of those guys who are like, "Oh man, I've got those in a box." You know, yeah. you you want to play this old game? Um and we're no strangers to dead card games. And we wanted to talk a little bit about uh the ones that we've been enjoying. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, I think it's no surprise to anybody who's subscribed to Twitch for the weekly Returners hideouts that I've been spending a lot of my time uh, playing Harry Potter trading card game, the old Wizards of the Coast game from 2001 to 2003-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like five sets, and it's a game that just, you know, when I was a kid, 
uh, I collected Pokemon cards. And then the next cards that came out for an IP I liked, you know, I collected those too. So mm-hmm. I had the starter decks, uh, but I never really opened packs. I can remember distinctly that, like, I got a uh, a birthday card from a friend at, like, mm-hmm. one of those birthday parties. You know when you're a kid and the birthday parties always happen at, like, a place, like a theme? Yep. Like, oh, this was a mini golf birthday party, right? So mm-hmm. um, a person from, you know, like, my group of friends gave me a little birthday card and had, like, two packs of Harry Potter in it. And it was like, oh, my God, dude, I've never opened a booster pack of Harry Potter. Uh, you know, fast forward to however many years later, and we just, like you said, we were a group of friends in a basement, just like nostalgically remembering this game we used to enjoy. And we thought, hey, you know, I've applied this competitive mm-hmm. lens to a lot of games, but, you know, never that. We were mm-hmm. too young, too young and dumb, Chris, That's uh, right. to, to even know what we were doing, really. Is there depth there? So as we start exploring that, we find out, hey, there's like a revival team. People are playing, you know, where all games go to live after death. Uh, people are playing games at Gen Con. There's a world championship yep. at Gen Con every year. Um, and by the time we had kind of figured that out, it was like 2019 mm-hmm. and Gen Con had just ended. So they had a tournament at PAX Unplugged, which is in Philadelphia. It's all about like board games yeah, and card before games. You get into that, uh, yeah, before ahead. you get into that real quick, uh, you mentioning Gen Con. I cannot wait to see what Gen Con looks like when all of this blows over. And now you've got this massive influx of people oh my God, playing like these twice as big. card games. Like, like I'm actually... Uh, and, and but also vendors, to too, and while. sellers, though, like yeah. are going to be like, Dude. yeah, you're right, though. I mean, yeah, no, it's worth mentioning. It's going to be crazy. On the flip side, it's going to be like, man, I miss being able to buy that box of Versus system for 15 bucks. Now it's going to try. they're going to try to charge me 60 for it. So I might not be as willing to bite. But I can't wait to go play in all these fucking dead card game tournaments like Raw Deal and shit like that, dude. I cannot wait to to be hunting around the show, the floor <laughs> looking for these tournaments or, or like, you yeah. know, like I will totally go like, you know, because clearly you're going to go to Gen Con. Um, yeah, for sure. I can't wait to go watch you play Harry Potter, see what that shit's all about. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, they talk about how, you know, in all these years they had these world championships and people would be interested to come learn to play the game. And then you'd mm-hmm. send them over to some booth like, yeah, dude, go pick up a box for 15 bucks. You know, mm-hmm. the cheapest set Quidditch Cup was $15, Chris. Mm-hmm. Today is selling on eBay for five to $600. Oh, man. Think of that percent increase. And I'm talking, Massive. Chris, I was buying them for $15 a box in 2019. Okay, this isn't 10, 15, 20 years ago. This is December 2019. December 2019, we left uh, PAX Unplugged, having won the Harry Potter tournament in a commanding fashion. Uh, we yeah, have... you said you flipped the entire game. You, 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 your group, <laughs> you and the other three guys, like, literally flipped the game on the ear, and they've now since, like, banned the shit y'all were playing or some yeah, shit, we, right? Yeah, we, uh, we fundamentally changed their understanding of the card game at a competitive level, and they created a ban list for the first time ever and banned out only very specifically cards that had been in the deck that we brought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, <laughs> that's, that's kind of your goal, right? You, like, yeah. you play this old card game and you go, hey, um, can I use my new knowledge and be good at this too? Turns out, yes. Turns out, yeah, very yes. Um, but you know what? We didn't just do... So we came home from that and we had totally flipped the game on its head and we had two choices. And we, we talked about the two choices. We said, we can either help people understand and bring everybody up or mm-hmm. we'll always be the bad guys who ruin their tournament, Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I've since created, uh, much like we do for the RV of Returners, I mean, not nearly to the same extent, no podcast or anything like that. But uh, Chris, we have a website 
that has articles and deck techs and like information on the Harry Potter trading card game. Because do you know where you had to go to find information? Do you know where I go for advanced rulings, Chris? You probably had to go to like Pojo. I go to Pojo. I go to Pojo.com. Pojo has the collection of Watsy era rulings from IRC chats with Watsy employees and emails. Pojo. Dude, I have to go to Pojo. That is the source. Okay. So I'm like, hey, we, we have to create something more modern than pojo so now we have uh dark mark tcg um and we are like teaching people how to play competitive harry potter in 2021 so i mean literally this is 20 years after this game came out um we're learning about new decks like people are experimenting with new things we're finding new combos but there's also fan-made sets there's a revival going on which is a theme for these like old games you know a group of card players get together that we uh we begrudgingly call it the council a lot of the times right chris <laughs> the, yeah oh yeah absolutely the council. A, a yeah. players committee a council <laughs> yeah. uh but they you know it. they um are designing the game to go forward and they're making new sets so they came out with one new fan set and that came out um, in like April 2020. So they already happen to be like working on that stuff. And it's just so interesting how um, we've seen since we came into the game, like right before COVID started, remember the end of 2019, we were saying there's just been an explosion of interest and players. Uh, and it was only going up, 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 faster, faster, faster. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. it went from like um, literally a subreddit that gets like a post a month, like a dead, you know, group and just like a couple people who play once a year. We are hiring weekly locals for Harry Potter trading card game, man. How great is that? Uh, and that's what I'm saying to these guys. How incredible is it that, you know, 20 years later, you're going, you're playing, we're getting people from around the world around a table, basically, you know, a virtual table to play this game. Uh, mm -hmm. And that we're seeing new things. I mean, that's really cool. And I think that's what it is, is a lot of people just go back to these, these old experiences that they love with new eyes, with new, you know, um, perspective. And it's uh, it's just as fun for all those same old reasons and fun in a lot of new ways, too. So, yeah, we've been playing that. If anybody's interested, uh, versus like a shameless plug real quick, uh, obviously on RBA Snugsy, uh, you can watch those streams. We do Harry Potter on Tuesday nights. Um, I'd be happy to talk to you about it. It's a Watsy game. Wizards of the Coast designed it. It feels very much like, um, you know how Pokemon is like uh, back and forth? Where like I can't do anything on your turn, kind of. It's very yeah. like, it, it's almost chess-like kind of in that way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very much like that. It's like they had like a an asymmetrical game. They wanted players to like have their own turns, and so it is a little more like uh, planning things out and setting things up. I do like the Final Fantasy slash like the Magic style more, where it's like mm -hmm. uh, much more complicated. Turn. Yeah, but I think there's something to be said for that kind of game, and I thought it was a very interesting um, evolution of kind of like the Pokemon concept. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I really enjoy it. Obviously, I would never pretend that it's as deep or as good as like Final Fantasy or anything like that. But, um, you know, like nostalgia plays a big part in it, but it's a great, I mean, an IP that everybody loves and it's really cool that we get to do that stuff. You know, I'm using all of the same stuff that I did to create the online tournaments for Final Fantasy. And I thought, you know, why can't I do this, um, for some other communities? No, absolutely. And I think that's, uh, you, like I said, you, you do see a lot of that now. Like I am like one of the card games that I've really kind of flocked to here during quarantine, uh, raw deal is one of them. Um, yeah, and of course dude. you're very familiar with that game because uh, mm -hmm. there's a big, there was a big scene up in your area. Yeah. Um, there's constantly, on, I mean, I don't play in them cause I just don't like online. I don't really like playing card games online, but like I see just how active this community has become and they're just like, Oh dude, this is the biggest we've been since, you know, the game died. 
that kind of thing. And you're starting and you're starting to see a lot of that. And I, I'm very curious as to watching people play some of these games again. Now, like I, when I get into a card game, especially when there's like virtual sets, I start reading everything. I go back, look at the old rules to re, you know, to re um, to reacclimate myself with the game. And then I'm like, oh wow, this new stuff seems really good. Not, and if the game was like broken, they'll make cards that balance the game out. You know what I mean? If, if we're talking for in a virtual set space, but what's really cool about that game in particular is there is still a, 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 there's a community that still plays just the official licensed uh, comic images cards. And then there's this whole group, which apparently is bigger where they play all the new like players committee stuff and, you know, it's things cool, like though, that. They can have like more modern wrestlers too and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I think is huge. And the same thing with the star Wars CCG, which, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about that. That was one of my, all-time favorite right oh absolutely at decipher trading card games in the 90s dude the they were the if you weren't playing magic you were playing star wars ccg because it was the it was the game and there's still a lot of people that still play this game because they're like looks like they have 10 or 11 virtual sets um and i don't know i i stopped playing the game very early on when i say very early on um right around indoor and death star 2 because i didn't like they they added a new card type in special edition and i didn't really care because it, it stopped feeling like star wars to me because you're like i'm gonna play this deck with operatives and you're playing like 21 alderan operatives and you have this objective that just it it felt less like star wars and more just like a random card game to me you start playing like warhammer you're putting like an entire army of dudes out and they're just not star wars heroes pretty, like pretty much it's just yeah. random fucking dude we made for the game and, and to me that kind of that I, I i fell out of love with the game but the game was still very very good um and of course also keep in mind that i'm, I'm young like when i say i'm young i'm like in my early to mid teens during all of this stuff um so I didn't really think about it nearly as much. I'm playing sports. I mean, I'm in middle school going into high school. I'm discovering girls. I'm coming out of my shell. So like card games kind of took a back burner there for a little while for me. But like then once I got older, I, I realized I don't give a shit about like what people think, you know, as far as my nerdy habits and I develop people skills. Um, <laughs> there you go. I was actually more of an emissary. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I love playing card games. I love game. I love Star Wars. I love this. I love that. And it rekindled my interest for card games. And uh, unfortunately, at that point, Star Wars, I guess, Decipher had lost the license. Mm. But they and but I was able to reconnect with the Star Trek CCG, which I really, really loved. Um, that's something that my that, that the Star Trek CCG was actually the first card game I ever got into. Now, granted, that's a, that card game is dead, but there's still a demand for it. Like um, one of the best websites I go to for like dead card games is Category One Games. They have all kinds of shit on here. Star Trek, uh, G.I. Joe, another Wizards of the Coast property, um, Battlestar Galactica, the Austin Powers CCG, dude. Oh, dude, I have Don't the Austin Powers CCG. Book. I got a so case great. of that shit. Dude, love it. Uh, they've got like fucking overpowered. Shagadelic, baby. Dude, it's shagadelic for, for one friggin' bone. Yeah, dude, throw me, throw me a friggin' bone, dude. This is the, literally the mechanic. Dude, it's so great. And then, like, Full Metal Alchemist is a TCG that I think, uh, I felt like it was kind of here today, gone today, but they had, like, six sets. But, dude, there's just so much to choose from. Like, and especially right now, when there's not really, outside of, like, what feels like magic, honestly, or anything that has a established online presence Pokemon. with their own, like, in-house, you know, 
digital client to play games on. Like every game's kind of a dead card game, really, right? Like it's the community that's keeping it alive. Yeah, I mean that's why I think that um that what we mentioned earlier about that collaboration is so important, right? Because uh, yes. with the lack of a, an official uh, client, yes, Chris, I am playing Final Fantasy TCG in the exact same capacity that I am playing the Harry Potter trading card game from Wizards of the Coast that died in 2002. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. There, there that was is kind no of my, my between how I'm playing these games, right? <laughs> they feel exactly. very and similar. That was kind of my take, but I, I actually had this question before I knew that any of that was happening or potentially happening. Right. So to me, it was like, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's probably a dead card game. No, I mean, and that's, I think, um, why that's such good news, why that's so important, yes. Chris, because, you know, with uh, for the last year, we haven't had that news, right? For the last year, it has looked like a duck and quacked like a duck. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's... Um, that's the difference that's how we get out right that that you because you, when you say you know is this a dead card game does it well it looks like one and it acts like one right so it's yep. like well what's the fix the fix is you know besides you know okay fix number one coronavirus goes away tomorrow you know like donald trump wishes <laughs> yeah okay not happening right fix number two uh square enix creates an official online digital client right hmm. i would love that but let's you know if that would take honestly chris if that would take two years is that a fix no right nope and, and they, come on they can't they can develop it by tomorrow you know what i mean come <laughs> on right it's not in development but even if it was even if they decided today we're putting together a team you know what i mean hmm. it's a square enix product it's going to be a while so hmm. option three is right somehow uh, make what we're doing, make that unofficial, that fan-made thing. Make sure there isn't a council, right? Make sure there's mm -hmm. not fan-made sets. Can you... I would kill to see the two sets that they finished for Harry Potter that never got released that are, like, locked in the Watsy vault, dude. Because oh, the fan-made sets are never, ever quite it, right? That's well, the biggest drawback. I think it depends drawback. on the game. I think it depends on the game, but, like, for they the most be part... Good. They can be good, but that's not why you... I mean, like, yeah, maybe, right? But it's not why you fell for the game. Like, like, yeah, it, it, you exactly. can say that was my next point. Yeah, even the stuff that sucks is like official. Yep. <laughs> it's like you know, there's something to it. Like, like we are getting, and I mean, we're not even close to the point where these cards suck yet, right? Like, yep. we're getting regularly designed new sets and mm -hmm. new products and new content, and that is where I say it doesn't look like or quack like a dead TCG. Mm -hmm. Although sometimes it certainly can feel like it, and there's parallels to draw. I think mm -hmm. that the two biggest things are that we're getting, uh, you know, to make sure that we get constantly get updates to the game and constantly get updates from the company, right? Number one has been happening. Number two has been lacking. But number mm -hmm. two, especially in the last month, I've, uh, I, man, it's hard to say this phrase, but I'm a little bit impressed. I'm impressed with that customer service email that gives people back yep. their promos. I'm impressed that we are we are actually, you know, moving past the legal barriers that have been mm -hmm. keeping us from supporting these. Um, and I like to see this direction continue. Exactly. Cause especially if a game is still actively like, official product is still being put out for a game. You do like to see some support from the mothership and, and granted, even if it's the tiniest amount. So yeah, I agree with you that these last couple, you know, I guess I'd say, I'd even call it the last month or so. Cause again, mm -hmm. we we're, we're not counting January, 2021. That was December 2.0. We operate by the Chinese new year, Chris. It's, yes. That's so all it fucking... is. That's all it takes. It's the year of the ox or something like that. We're, that's we're right. right. That's right. It's the year of the philia. <laughs> yeah. Year of the Phil. Yeah. Big Phil. But, um, 
but no, and I forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, like you're what saying that the mothership needs to, to to say something because you don't want it to just be you, you don't want the only communication to be hey buy this, hey buy this, hey buy this. Yes. Yeah, because if I wanted to play, like, because what's going to end up happening is, or what it feels like to me is, when we finally do go back to Gen Con, this is just going to be another game in the schedule on fucking Friday, right? Like, it's not going to be like, oh man, here's a real deal event with real deal, like, some real, like, current implications. Like, I get to do this, I get to do that. Like, it's just going to be like, oh, one o'clock, I'm playing in this little thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I want to and, qualify for the chance to play in an exclusive event and win exclusive things. And, yeah. um, I can only give you exclusive like fan made stuff. It's not the same, right? Yeah. So like I can host events all day long, but you'll never mm -hmm. be playing for the prestige. You'll never be playing for those same collectible items, especially yep. because it's Final Fantasy and it's such a highly collectible IP. And that's another thing is in those old games, you know, what can I I can win like somebody spray paints a pop figure. Like I mean, it's very nice of you, right? Mm -hmm. Or you donate me like your extra promo, but like you can't yep. win something new you can't win something like official you, you some can collectible win something piece. that i could go make myself yeah you can't win like an official collectible trophy yeah. or piece you know it's just it's there's a difference mm -hmm. man and it's not to throw shade at the community efforts because obviously um, oh man I, I love it yeah i love that they are putting this effort and they give us the opportunity to be able to enjoy these things uh yeah. you know and i obviously i'm not throwing shade at myself uh, you know mm -hmm. i give you what i can give you and i hope that yeah. you know people enjoy those too but I yeah. understand that my stuff doesn't scratch that itch, dude. It's not not that prestige, dude. They're not mm -hmm. playing for that same stuff. And I think that's right. really what people look for. And I think that even though it's not the same, there's a level of that that can be brought back by that official support, by that hand just being kind of extended and pulling this exactly. up. And I'm glad you said it that way because, like, it's different, right? If I, you know, if I'm at Gen Con and you're playing in the Harry Potter tournament and it's, uh, you know, they call it the World Championships, but it's like eight dudes sitting at a table, right? You know, mm -hmm. that's cool that like you won that tournament or, you know, whatever the case may be, or if I go play raw deal or versus or, or something or star Wars and I win, it's like, cool. Well, that was a fun thing to do for a couple of hours. Um, I guess I'll do this again next year, but like there, you don't feel the long lasting implications past that. You just had a good time playing this game that gave you a lot of joy a long time ago. You're 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 do it's strictly for the nostalgia strokes, whereas you know, a game you know, a current game you're playing, there's a lot more that comes from winning that event. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, I think that that is that's really the the most important part, right? Like that's that's the difference we talk about. Yeah, and don't get it twisted. Like I I've recently been getting more enjoyment out of dead card games than I have live ones, but I guess that's also because that same that same thing we literally just talked about. There's there's no incentive for me to play the current game right now, other than the fact that, oh, you can win some cool promos and stuff or whatever. But there's but no that's like not that prestige, no... dude. That's not right. that same Correct. thing. You can't you can't just like give yourself a gold medal and say you got an Olympic gold medal. You know what I mean? Like exactly. you, you can't you can't go out in the backyard and like jump further than nobody and be like, I'm yep. so good at jumping, dude. You can't like, you mm -hmm. know, you need uh, you need the structure that that yes. competitive official structure to just, you know, I don't know, it's a proving grounds, Chris. It's that's what mm -hmm. is fun about it. You know, it's not uh you're not just going to the playground and being the best, you know, ball player at your school. You want to be you mm -hmm. want to know that you're where the big fish are, dude. You want to be at the Mortal Kombat tournament, dude. You want to be that's invited right. to the best of the best, 
dude. Mm-hmm. See that trailer just, is looking pretty good, exactly man. Exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. And and that and that, again, we 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 can't make this any more clear. We're not discouraging anybody from playing dead card games. I say I'm man, literally playing it, dead card games twice a week. I, I, every day, every <laughs> day, I I live for dead card games because right now, especially the way things are in this world, for the like, love you, of the you, game. Look, you look for something that makes you feel good. You're looking for something that invokes a, a sense of normalcy. So when I can pull out these cards and be like, oh man, I remember when I played that deck that had this, this, and this. Like I, When we were talking about this cast, I was going over the dead card games I played. As I looked at the cards, I was like, I remember this card. I remember, and it, it invoked a story. Every single card I pulled out invoked a story. Yeah, dude, like absolutely. A it was just like, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, and, and like, I mean that's uh, that's not how I feel sometimes with Final Fantasy because it, it, those memories come from like the games that are twenty years old yeah. and stuff, you know. But like it's cool. That's like part of what draws you so much to it. Is Final Fantasy taps the nostalgia mm-hmm. feeling while being a current card game. It's like really neat. Yep. A lot of other games they can't capture that for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I guess uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Again, I had that question at the end, but you you actually kind of preemptively answered it. And when we talked about it in the news that they're toying with the idea of some official support for the third party online stuff mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't even matter because up until that point i think the answer is yes we're playing these games in the same these current games in the same capacity as card games of yesteryear yeah like i but, said i think you really need those two things together you need there to be yeah. updates to the game and you need there to be updates from the game if that makes sense you know like yeah. like the, the physical game itself needs to keep being officially updated <laughs> And that means oh, like, yeah. if I have a rules questions, I can get a, an answer. Yep, not go to <laughs> not create um, not create an answer based on yeah twenty year old chat I'm interpreting. Like I feel yeah. like uh, I feel like people were, like trying to argue about the Constitution at some point, dude. Like there's just two different ways to read this sentence, and we'll never know, you know. And so I guess we just get to argue forever. Like no man, I, you know. Thankfully, somebody can tweet an answer to me who's still exactly. like employed by this company. You know? Exactly, because you hate seeing you hate seeing the interpretation from random jabronis. Now, if an interpretation comes from like somebody who was like the world champion three years in a row while the game was being run, eh, you know what? I'll probably go ahead and believe their opinion on something. Or if you did your due diligence, you can show me like yeah. it's this rule and it works this way. It's consistent yep. with these other effects, dude. But people who are just like, yeah, I think that like <laughs> so matter of fact, uh, I, I don't care just what wrong. you think. <laughs> it's so funny. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But yeah, man. I mean, this is. Uh, I I think really what we're saying is, you know, uh, there's there's a lot to love about yeah. these card games, and yeah, we're you know Final Fantasy. There's still there's still a lot more coming to love, and I know mm-hmm. that in a long time, hopefully from now, mm-hmm. I will be online on Octagon or FF Dex or whatever it is, playing with you know my old friends, the old Final Fantasy trading card game that I really loved. But uh, for now, dude, uh, I think we have a lot to be thankful for um, mm-hmm. that this game is still very much alive. Agreed. And I again, I cannot wait to get to Gen Con and play all of these fucking card games and just see how how big all of these communities have gotten from current yeah, card games. Yeah, man. Card game. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna have a full dance card, man. I might not have any time to fuck around. I might just be like, oh, it's one o'clock. I got to. Oh man, I better drop from this event if I want to make the next event. You know what I mean? The old Boston Crystal Cup three plate spinning. <laughs> just that's right. That's right. <laughs> I've signed up I'm, for everything, and I'm gonna dip my toe in every goddamn pool. Damn it! That's right. I'm double fisting cards in hands. I got my foot on the table playing a third card game. 
It's like when you're at the wedding and they've just got all the different things out at the uh, the hors d'oeuvres, like the appetizers, and you get your plate and you're going around and you're just eating the plate standing up. You're like, I'm not even going back to the table yet, man. I'm getting a little bit of everything here. Hold on. I need to make a little room. I need to I need to get all these flavors in. Exactly. And I think that's going to be really neat to see. Um, so I guess when we uh, when we post this one up, I, I want to kind of pose the question uh, to get some interaction. Uh, what de- What card games did people play back in the day? And I know a lot of times people have when we've made a post about card games, people have been like, oh, I used to love that game. I used to love that game. But I'd love to hear from our listeners, what card games did you used to play? Like, what was your first card game? How long have you stuck with it? Um, so, John, I guess the last question is, what what was your first card game? Because I answered mine. I said it was the Star Trek CCG. What My was- first card game, I yeah. was eight years old, mm-hmm. and I was on the playground, and Alex Tesmer came up to me on the playground in third grade, and he handed me a Charmander, a Charmeleon, and a Fire Energy. And he was like, these are Pokemon cards. These just came out. And we both love Pokemon. And I was like, these are the coolest things I've ever gotten. And then I left them in my jeans and they went through the wash. And oh. then I cried so much my mom went and bought me a starter deck. That was my first trading card game. I was eight. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, but, uh, like fast forward to, you know, because when I was a kid, it was that. It was Harry Potter. and It was Yu-Gi-Oh. As they came out, I got the starter decks. Yep. Um, my first trading card game that I played, you know, my first like as a as a conscious adult person, uh, Pokemon. Uh, but my dead card game of choice for old card games is actually Epic trading card game. I've heard of that. I've, yeah. I've seen like the decks around, like in like they're usually there's a like reboot. The there's a reboot. Yeah, there's like a reboot that they made. It's like a more of like a deck building, or, or you know, like I don't know, it's just slightly different. But the original mm-hmm. Epic TCG, yeah, that's my that's my thing. Nice. Yeah, and mine, of course, was the Decipher Star Trek CCG. Uh, that was actually the first card game I actually played in a tournament in. Um, and it was the first tournament. I mean, yes, I, it wasn't until after I had started playing other card games like Star Wars. And um, I used to play like the Dragon Ball Z card mm-hmm. game from score and like the Yu Yu Hakusho card game. But Star Trek, after I had started playing Star Wars, Star Trek was the first tournament I had ever won. It was my second Star Trek CCG tournament I actually won. Nice, um, dude. Yeah, you remember that. My first tournament I ever yeah. won was a Battle Roads for Pokemon, dude. I'll never forget. Nice. Gengar, dude. Dude, and it wasn't... So, John, I'm going to tell you the story. Like, I didn't just win this tournament. I fucking dumpstered this tournament because, like, I knew... And it was one of those things where, like... You know, I love that. Like free, free internet. You know, you, you have to kind of gauge on how the meta played at the last tournament. And... So I'm like, well, I'm, they they like to play, like. There's a lot of control players, a lot of disruptive things. So basically, the way Star Trek, I'm gonna give you the quick, quick uh, crash course. Your objective is to, with the characters you have, you you go to different planets or sectors in space, and you have to have the skills to complete those missions. But there's obstacles that your opponent puts under that card that you have to overcome. And the game is first to 100 points. You get 100 points, you win. Um, and there's ways you can disrupt that by making them lose points, killing mm-hmm. their guys. Um. So the hardest match I had to play, well, pretty much the way my, the deck I played, was just straight up Klingon, Batleth, where pretty much after the turn one, I'm at 65 points minimum. <laughs> and I'm winning in like three turns because there's ways to cheat a bunch of stuff out. And that was the deck that I had. Um, the toughest match I had, my opponent had me at like negative 70 because you can go deep into the negative on the first turn. I won on turn five instead of turn three because it would just be like, uh, I'll be negative 15 if I just continue. Because you could either, like, there was cards that were, like, you either stop here and don't lose any points, 
or you can continue and lose all these points. And I just like looked at my hand, looked at what I had out. I was like, that's fine. I'll keep going. And then there was like another one. I was like, I'll keep going. Um, but yeah, on turn five, I had just, I was well over a hundred and just won the game like that. And like, and every other game I won was like on like turn three. It was just so fast. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even close. <laughs> and what's funny was the next tournament, um, I didn't go to the next tournament because it was, um, I came, I played up in Richmond and I would visit my mom every other weekend, but I actually had something going on for school that weekend. So I didn't come visit my mom and there was a tournament that weekend. I was bummed that I missed it, but three people were playing my exact deck list. And that was the top three of that next tournament. Oh, dude, that's so cool. That's such yeah. a cool feeling. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. But that was my first tournament and I never forgot it. And I won the prize I won was, uh, there was this really cool collector's item called the Faho collection. It was like uh, this like 15 card. It came in like a binder. It had like these really crazy, like rare cards. They were all like, I don't want to say super powerful, but they were all like unique and powerful and fun. And uh, one of them was an art. There was a t- card type called artifact and it was a Roger Maris baseball card. Um, and it actually came, oh, with but a it's stick. like an artifact in the yes. show. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it came with a stick of like baseball card gum which was really cool. That's amazing. That was one of the cards. We really made that card. I actually played that card in a lot of decks because what you would do is when you got that card, you just traded it to your opponent for one of their artifacts. Oh, so yeah, you're just like, here you go. Here's a literally a trading card, trading card. Yeah, it does nothing. Is once it's you a trade trading it, card that nothing. you trade during the yeah. card game, dude. So yeah, funny. I'm gonna give you this, and I'm gonna take this really powerful card that lets me take double turns. You got it. I actually made a guy tilt with that card. Yeah, I thought I thought he was on suicide watch for like three weeks. After that. <laughs> we would actually we would actually be like, hey, has anybody heard from Bill? Bill his name was Bill Lemon. We we're like people like anybody heard from him because we haven't seen him at the last couple events. Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah, but I'll, I'll I'll never forget that tournament. It was just a great time, and that, that's that feeling is why I go back to these older card games. That's I guess that really sums it all up, honestly. Dude, yeah, I mean, I think everybody has a story like that that takes you back to your card game, man. And and the thing is, I'm still creating those stories for Final Fantasy. Same, so, same, absolutely. You know, and that's and that's really the difference there. Oh, I mean, me and Adam Lane can tell you some stories about verses. That's for sure. Um, maybe one day we're all in person. I, and I've said it mentioned at it the here barbecue, dude. At the barbecue, at the No Wimps Cookout, at the that, No uh, Wimps Guido's Only Barbecue, dude. The tournament where I where I legally kidnapped his little brother, and his mom was ready to fucking call the fuzz on me. Hell yeah, dude! That's what. It's I... <laughs> a great story. Dude, oh man, those stories are always so fun. We had one where um where Alex was like uh like four lies deep and and then uh we're standing at her at the tournament like waiting for uh-huh. the pairings to go up and his dad just walks up to us during pairings. He's like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" And we're like, "Uh, <laughs> how do you get to the store? How do you know where we are?" He just like like literally in the middle of pairings just walks up and we're like, "Uh, hey man, we're gonna go sit down for our game, Alex. We'll see you later." <laughs> oh no! And so you know, he's like, he says he's like studying for something at somebody's house with something, whatever it was, dude. His dad's oh, just like, no. <laughs> he gets a hundred percent found out. Turns out, dude, the card store that we played at was in the same parking lot as this diner. His dad went to the diner to meet his grandpa for lunch and sees his car and is like, "Fucking got him!" Yeah, dude, just straight, just old school sleuthing, just got him, dude. We, you know, we love old school sleuth, sleuthing here. <laughs> we were like, uh, Alex didn't play Pokemon for a while after that. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine he was on fucking 
probation, groundation, whatever you want to call it. Dude, that's how it was, dude, man. You know, line of the rents for a Pokemon tournament. <laughs> you got to oh, do dude. what you got to do. I had to save your... I, I would. I, I remember... I, I, one one last story before we wrap it up. We've actually this has been a long cast. I, I bet know. I can talk about this shit Oh, all they're going to love it, though. They are. Right, right, you love it. Right, you, right now, listening, I'm in your head. That's right. You, we know you love it. That's I right. uh, love I remember it. I was in middle school. I was in sixth grade. No, let me think about this. 95... 95, 82, that puts me at what, 15? 82, 95, 13, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do math right now. 82, 92, Get out your 10, abacus. 94, 95, so 90, 96, so I'm 14. I am in, I am a, I am a freshman in high school. Um, Still young, I mean, you're a freshman in high school, you're practically a middle school kid, call it what you want. You, mm-hmm. you haven't, you haven't earned, you, you haven't matured yet. I remember, I really, really wanted two copies of obi-wan kenobi from the premiere set of star wars ccg he was like a 50 dollar card i saved my lunch money for like months and then when i went up to richmond to visit my mom and my older brother had been living with my mom at this point we went to fantastics that was the name of the card shop love it and i bought two copies of obi-wan kenobi with my with my lunch money that i had saved do you have them uh, I have one of them. That's amazing. No, that's all. Just that's okay, dude. That car is that card is beat to shit. Doesn't matter, <laughs> but dude. I have it, it. Plays great. It does. It does. <laughs> oh man, what a what a great time! I, I I could tell I could tell just tales from dead card games. That could be that could be its own like spinoff. Cast. That's it, dude. We're, we're we're about to sign off here. I I'm going to do something that we're bad at doing. This is that we are legally contractually obligated, Chris, to just thank these seven wonderful people. Um, Jason Toro, Kristen Winterhalder, Dylan Strabe, Jared Cole, Sergio Garcia, Ryan Galloway, and our own Adam Duncan, our patrons, thank our you patties. All for sticking with us, yeah, our patties pub. They got but a thank, dunk, thank dude. They all. got a lot of great stuff to listen to um, last week, and we're hoping to keep that train rolling for them. We've got another two more great things for them coming here from this week. Yeah, basically Absolutely. a thirty-minute uh, Super Mario review coming for you, and. Uh, and now mm-hmm. this wonderful two-hour cast. Man. Talking card games and stories. That's right. And but we're going to have more us, fun cause... next week because we're going to dive back into the gaming space with something else. Yeah, we will. We have uh, we have a couple people who want to who wanna jump on. I think, actually, speaking of yeah. this wonderful list of people, Mr. Galloway, the foreman himself, wants yes. to come back and talk uh, about kind of... He said he likes to talk about uh, board games from an angle he doesn't think a lot of people approach them from. When he heard us talking about yeah. getting competitive with them, he likes to uh, like break... Uh, board games like you know like kind of like hard to play competitive games like yeah, get in there and dude, and, awesome. and break them and find you know like the best way to play them and get real competitive with them i think that's cool i've never even talked to anybody once about a competitive board game so that's going to be dude, great I, i'm all about it i think that'd be a great topic and of course you know it's always a treat to have the foreman on with us i'm here to learn i'm here to build my knowledge dude build yeah, your knowledge I want you with the foreman <laughs> tell me how to play the resident evil 2 board game like a fucking boss tell me how to play the the house on haunted hill or tell me how to play fucking arkham uh arkham horror tell me how to play <laughs> he these just games comes like in here real... he just comes in here sharking the game of life dude dude <laughs> I, I i hope so i, I want to learn so the first thing you want to have ladder. three kids three kids no more no less two girls one boy okay very important you want to make sure that you have a tech sphere job okay but you can upgrade to teacher after the third pass but you only want night. to make forty five thousand a year that's right no that's more than three. you can't go above forty five thousand. you want to make sure you stay in the right tax bracket <laughs> <laughs> 
like oh my god dude wow i didn't i had no idea Damn, but that, that will be win next time for us guys but for now we're signing off adios taking the airship in for a landing chris absolutely cruise we, we are landing at our destination and guys thank you so much for listening as always bye toodles Thanks once again for listening to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can head on over to rvareturners.com.